Welcome back to Akatech Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a blind man in a car, Jay, and joined as always is my co-host, his seeing eye dog who just missed the exit, Z. How are we doing today, Z? I'm doing all right. That's good. It's not complete. We go places. You may as well be blind. Well, this one, not great direction. I'm so furious, I can't even speak. <laughs> we've had some, we have some mishaps. I can't recall. <laughs> all right. I couldn't even begin to recall. Well... I, listen, you did that. I don't know why you, you didn't. You, I mean, if you wanted to, you could have made me the blind guy, but I, I don't know. You set yourself up for that one. Was I, I not meant to? I didn't you know. You can't team me up like that. I expect you not to swing for the fences. I mean, come I on. I was doing it for misdirection. Then I can't start with the dog because that ruins the joke. Well, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever the case may so be. So I have to sacrifice the joke? I'll do anything you for a You set yourself up. That's all. I did. That's fine. I'll that's do anything fine. for a laugh. There it is. All right. Here it is, Jack. Much like the Joker in that way. <laughs> You're just like Joker. From the movie Joker. Wow, all right. The movie Martin Scorsese almost directed. The only superhero movie he likes. And that tells you almost everything you need to know about that guy, in his opinions. Fuck him. <laughs> no, he's all right. <laughs> it made Flowers of the Killer Moon four Listen, hours I'm long, excited maybe. I mean, it'll be good, I think. It might be sad about what we've done Wait, to the Wait, is it really? I think at one point it was. I think it's three or something. Let me do a quick on, what is the fastest on-air Google we've done? Might Google ever. It's two minutes in, probably less, because there's a little bit of preamble that I'll cut out. Uh, flowers of the it's killers of the flower moon it, it'll get you there i'm sure i yeah don't worry three hours and 26 minutes Woo! now let me tell you no we definitely talked about that i did. just didn't remember 16 minutes longer than avatar oh, jesus christ what's with these old guys losing the plot here about making a movie concise <sighs> and then all what happened cronies. to brevity and wit old billy shakespeare's rolling his grave they get rambly fucking what's it called metropolis or what's he what's he making Scorsese's movie. You don't know about this? Or not Scorsese, I'm sorry. Coppolis. No, I'm not familiar. What? Oh my god. Met- it's like called like Metropolis. It's this insane movie that like maybe it'll never come. Good. Do another group. Coppola, Metro, Metropolis. Metro. No, that's... Oh, it's Megapolis. It's Megapolis, okay. Amer- an American epic science fiction drama written, directed, produced by Coppola. Scott, who are these? Well, that's Shia LaBeouf. I thought Timothy Chalamet was in it. He's in everything. That kid's in everything. Oh, it's done. It's officially done. Okay, it did end this year, but it took forever. It's like a, it's like decades in the making. It's very interesting. So it's probably not going to be very good. Started running in the '80s as a passion project. It he, pre-production started in 2019. It was obviously delayed from COVID. Yeah, that's been part of it. I don't know. It took forever. If we started running in the '80s and it started pre-production in 2019, but I even mean like I thought the production took a long, long time. This says okay, so it began. They started filming in November. It was going to finish in March, but by January, it was halfway into filming, and reports indicated it had ballooned higher than its original budget already. Uh, That's classic for Coppola. Due to the unstable filming environment, several crew members were revealed to have exited. Coppola and Driver contested the reports, stating while, while there was some turnover in the crew, the production was on schedule and the budget was moving along sl- smoothly. Driver wrapped it and said it was one of the best shooting experiences of his life. That's uh, Adam Driver? Yes. Well, if Adam Driver's in it, I'm watching it. I mean, I watched 65. How much worse could this movie be? I'm sure it'll be better. But, I don't know. But will it have the earth? I just imagine it's also going to be a million years long and probably weird, and we'll see. But um, <clears throat> anyways, boy, howdy. A lot of things this week, Jack. A lot of things have happened. And it's good. To, it's a good thing, Jack. Because we basically- It's a good thing we went we went so short last week, Jack, because by the laws of podcast, everyone knows this. This is well known. It is known, Jack, that by the laws of podcasting, because we shaved about an hour and a half off our normal runtime last week, we get those back. We get those back. So strap in. We may be here a while. Now, is you it, never know. You no, never know, Jack. Now, is it crazy that the only two episodes of our entire show that run under an hour are the first episode, which is 50 minutes, 
And the last, this past week's episode of last week, 108, which was 45 minutes, every other episode has been over an hour. At least an hour. What about the one you weren't there? I didn't Does listen, that one not I count? Don't know. You edited it. Was <laughs> well, it was yes, it, it was less than an hour. Right? Just, oh, then that's three. I didn't know that was under an hour. Well, you were talking about I can't Star Wars you stuff. Never listened to that. I've listened to a while. I'm still on episode sixty. Really, I'm way back. I, I don't know. What, I, I just think if there was one you were going to listen to, it'd be the one that was complete. You would it would all be fresh for you. Here's the thing, Zach. We talked about this. There's a lot of things I have to be doing. I don't got time. It would have been like twenty minutes because it's only the beginning. That's just me. Whatever. What? Regardless. It's a really. Let's get into it. We've got. We still might not have enough time, Jack. Yeah. With what? barely an hour and a half. Don't Why worry about it. are you playing Don't Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now? Uh, right now, while we're recording, listeners, I'm going to blow up a spot. Zach started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. He's got a bow that an elf made once. Cut this, I don't cut know this what this is. No, no, it belonged to Paris. The city? No. The Prince of Troy. I'm not familiar with Troy. Paris? Is that a city you know? Is that a friend of yours, Troy? Troy is a city, yes. Tro- Troy is yeah, a city. I'm kidding. I know. I, know what, yes, I know what Troy is. You're saying. What do we do? I'm doing a bit. That okay, I don't know Paris, what about. like from like the. Yes, re- I'm. I'm aware. I know. We have all read Percy Jackson, Zach. Think we would do this podcast if we didn't read Percy is Jackson. Per- is Percy is Paris in that? Well, no. I'm saying we read Percy Jackson, and thereby, when we were young, teen, young middle school boys, we got really into Greek mythology, so we'd know about. You Paris. ever seen Troy? No, Brad Pitt movie. You know, I didn't see Troy. You know, what's waiting for you on that beach. Troy, immortality. Take it. It's yours. That's what Brad Pitt says to him. To who? Paris? His his boys. His like uh, whatever they're called. Soldiers. <laughs> yeah, but they're from like a oh I don't remember where they're from. But he says that he's like my master or whatever, and I'd never I wouldn't want to fight with anyone else. You know what's waiting on that beach for us? Immortality. Pick. It, it must the... be wherever Achilles is from. Yeah. Where's Achilles from? Greece. Yes, they're all from <laughs> Greece, Jack. <laughs> uh, probably Athens. I, no, he's definitely not from Athens. Spa- he's not from Sparta. No. See, from Crete? if it was Ath- Athenians or. Spartans? Spartans, I would know where he was from. What's another, what's another Greek Acropolis? There's like a million yeah, goddamn but, but, Greek Okay, but states. we don't know a lot about the other city-states. That's why Athens and Sparta are so famous, because it's the ones we know the most about. Now the other ones are very There's a lot. There's Crete. Crete? Crete? Crete. But that's a separate island. That's where the Minotaur is. They're all different islands, is what I'm saying. There's a lot of islands. Well, is that the ones in the mainland? Where's, I, where's Odysseus from? He's from... He's king of... Kansas, perhaps? Oklahoma City? That's why it took someone to get back, because he had to go all the way to America? Myrmidons. How many downs? Myrmidons. That's Myrmidons. his guys, the Myrmidons. Okay. Good for them. Good for them. I'm proud of them. And he's like, my Myrmidons, I wouldn't fight with anyone else. You know what's waiting for you on that beach? Immortality. And then we Pick can't, we can't go on the beach for mermaids. All right. Anyways. Damn. Why no are you blowing up my spot like this? Well, we got to make an episode longer somehow. We really don't. <laughs> That's the thing. We do not. All right. Let's just get into it. Okay. Right. So big, big stuff in the in the world Huge, of uh, entertainment this week, like in terms of actual real life happenings, which... We've been leaning more and more into the past year. I mean, there's been more to talk about, I think, mm-hmm. because of the strike and also all these movies failing and um, industry collapsing. Yeah, streaming collapsing as a concept because it's batshit. It's, it doesn't it work. Doesn't, it doesn't even. So the big one is that there's a, a second strike has begun. The Screen Actors Guild. Two I- strikes? Now, <laughs> are either of these strikes on American soil? <laughs> they are. They're both on American soil, as it turns I can't believe it. used to be a country. What do you think? I, it's the first time this has happened since the 60s. Yeah, so this is the first time that the Screen Actors Guild has been on strike since 1980, which is much more, like, it's been a while back than, uh, you know, obviously, the, the writer's, writer's strike, which had just striked in, yeah, 2007. So. 2007. Do you know, did you did you see the other fun fact about the last time they were both striking? Good, we're saving it to the end, Jack. That's very exciting to me. I'm, I'm so glad you didn't see it. So, yeah, first time since 1980 that the Screen Actors Guild has been on strike. 
And again, since 1960, when they both were on strike at the same time. So, and that's when the movies stopped. Be- that's when movies stopped being bad and started being good. It's right around then, isn't it? That's Funny how that works. And I saw a crazy thing. Um, Sean Gunn out there picketing, and I saw he was saying some stuff that, that got some traction. One of the things he said was that in 19 in the 80s, right? 1980, the last time they went on strike again. In the 80s, the CEOs made about 30 times what they what the lowest paid employee makes. Right. And now, like Bob Iger makes like 200 times. It's something to that effect. It was. Jeez. It might. I might be off. It might be like 20 times and then 300. But it's 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 too big. It's many times more. Hundreds of times. Which just doesn't make sense, right? It's insane. Because why doesn't... So one of those is outpacing the other one. Clearly. Wait. But no, nothing's wrong. Why we gotta... Well, we, we, can't, we don't have to pay them more. Listen, I... I don't remember how much or if we got into it much at all on the show when Bob Iger came back, did we? Do you remember? A little bit. We definitely talked about we thought it. We it's, briefly it's, mentioned You it, never know. It's always hard to remember what made it onto here or not. But I like Bob Iger as a CEO of Disney. He clearly presided over a pretty good time for them. Uh, and Bob Chapek definitely seemed to be like worse at the job, but ultimately, I mean, I don't work there or know him. I'm technically a shareholder, Jack, but, um, it's irrelevant. I really just care about like obviously seeing good stuff or whatever, right? That's Mm -hmm. really what it comes down to for us. But the stuff that, uh, Bob Iger has said, has said this week has, uh, really lowered him in my eyes. This is absolutely batshit stuff. Yeah. The one is it. It's not him who said this, but some quote I saw for the writers, where an executive said that their end game for the strike is that them to start losing their homes. Maybe that was him. That that maybe was him. <laughs> we don't know, but that that maybe was him. Jesus fucking Christ! Ron Perlman. Did you see Ron Perlman in in real life? No, not, not recently. In, no. Yeah, on on he went crazy. He was like saying some insane shit on uh it's so weird. This is brought up so... Between the last strike and this one, now the two strikes, it brings out the weirdest people who are wanting to, like, defend it. You know, we talked about it with the writer's strike stuff, where, like, people being like, oh, well, everything sucks anyways, so I don't give a shit. She-Hulk was bad or whatever, so fuck you guys. I don't care if you all go hungry. Weird. Wild take, regardless. Someone I know, in response to writer's strike, said, shouldn't have been a writer. I was like, that's not really an answer to anything. Someone you know? Someone I know. In real life? And you know them. I won't say who they are on the podcast. I won't blow them up. But... Regard, I just don't get it. And like, so this thing where he was saying a big game of like, you guys suck. He he was responding to that comment about like making people homeless. And he's like, maybe someone make you homeless kind of thing. He, he alluded to that sort of idea. And then I saw a lot of people were like, oh, Ron Perlman, pretend to be a big tough guy. You're just a big actor guy. You're not really tough. Big guy. What? Who cares? What does that even mean? Like, yeah. What are you saying? He's standing up for what's right. Doesn't that make you tough? Isn't that the whole? What? Yeah, I don't even get it. Because he, 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 what? I don't think he literally meant he was going to, like, visit harm upon Bob Iger or anything. Like, no. come on. But whatever. It's just, it brings out the weirdest takes, because it's like everything nowadays where... You have to be against... It's dude. just, yeah, it's just, like, weird people falling into, like, their uh, their clubs kind of kind of lines. To wanna, oh, well, I guess this is labor, so I have to be against it because I'm a shitty Republican kind of guy. Again, that's a... That's a and we talked about this with rolls. the... We talked about this right strike, but it's like, I thought you guys used to be the pro, like, we're the working class party, but... Fuck working class people trying to improve their situations. Well, no, they, see, they're pro working class because they're pro having a really big working class that has to work or they'll die. I just don't. I just mean like in terms of individuals. Oh yeah. Whatever you want to say about the machinations of like the larger parties and stuff. I just mean that like I don't know how someone who's supposed to be like, well, I'm just a you know, 
A rough and tumble. Good old, like, brother, you know, just a nice I, working class kind of fellow. I don't know why they're like, fuck the writers. I hope they go hungry because they're Hollywood. So there's a thing that came out this week about it because a big part of the, the negotiations here are, of course, streaming related, streaming residuals because they don't, there is none. <laughs> they don't pay them, basically. They don't and, tell how much, how popular their shows are. They hide that. Yep. Um, AI was also a factor. And a big thing was health insurance stuff, which is that the current rules was that you needed to hit like 26 something something grand a year to qualify for health insurance which apparently 87 percent of the of the screen actors guild didn't meet that threshold yearly which is obviously not very much and it really to me anyone who sees that you know statistic that should put to rest any of the like well these are all rich hollywood actor types right Mm -hmm. and even i had this discussion with some people in my real life luckily they weren't like strongly about it because they said that and i was kind of like well no think about it they're not that's not most of them and they were like oh i I understand right yeah i brought them around at least i i converted some people but that's the thing is that like most actors are not rich when you hear actor you think the ones you know but the ones you know are such a small portion of the ones who are in a thing yeah and even the one some of the ones you do know don't get paid that much. Probably don't actually get paid that much and stuff. So I don't know. Even like I saw Sydney Sweeney was like, I I can't not work for six months. Now she's one where listen, I don't want to like whatever. She's probably right, but it's just that to me is surprising. If anything, like she was in Euphoria, a giant thing. I feel like she's in a lot. I feel like she's really kind of like a rising star. I, oh, yeah. I I don't know. She gets a lot of work. So to the fact that even she hasn't been able to like, and now she's still young. It's early in her career, but even that was surprising to me. Like if she can't do it now, to be fair, six months is a long time for anyone to take off work. Right. And yeah. a lot of people were like, well, I can't take off for six months either. Yeah. No kidding. Like, but the point is that like Sydney Sweeney, who is presumably in a better off position than lots of them can't do it. And the she's still, I, assu- I guess I didn't see you, but I assume she's still in on board with it all. Mm-hmm. for like solidarity wise right yeah then you know that's just yeah it definitely goes to show that like most of them are not doing in a position well. to do that at all oh yeah but again it also kind of shows that like most of these people if, if 87 percent of them or whatever don't even make 26 grand most of them are doing other stuff anyways yeah and so i think i like the idea that like a lot of them will be able to last it out and i and i saw something to that effect on twitter this week which was like one of the writers was picketing is like yeah i've been doing this as basically like a part-time job forever right yeah. They're talking about how, like, they have made stuff, they've sold stuff to networks, they've had some successes, and how the strike has brought it to the forefront where, like, they were worried that they were kind of a failure, like, that because they hadn't been able to make it as a full-time writer, writer yeah. yet. And then this, this, uh, the strike had brought to, you know, brought forward all these stories of, like, other people, people they knew, people whose, like, reputations in the industry preceded them, right? People who'd worked on notable stuff that you would know, who also are basically doing it as a part-time job, and it's kind of, like, inspired him. And that's that's one of the big things about it all, is this, the solidarity and stuff, which is really mm-hmm. cool. We talked about it when the writer strike started, and even then there was, like, some of the other um, unions and stuff were kind of going on board with it, and that's, that's what you like to see. Yeah, at least they're, you know, that's what you need. The workers got to rise up, man. Solidarity. Now, on the one hand, as much as it sucks that, like, again, I mean, they're still working class, too. I don't want to, like, diminish that, because, again, there's too much of that where people are like, oh, well, they're... Hollywood writers and actors, they're not... It's like, no, most of them are decidedly just middle-class kind of people. Yeah, because most people are. That's kind of the... That's how it works, especially nowadays. It's only pushing us more to the extremes. But Mm. the... um, Yeah, the thing about it is that, like, it's... It is a shame that, like, this is the first high-profile, like, labor movement since maybe the last writer strike, or maybe there's been a couple of, like, the... Was there an AT&T one or something a while back? One of the... The railroads almost did it. And then they, they almost did, and then they all started to derail. Hmm. 
Well, good thing those two are on things. Aren't I read in like the past year. I read like an NPR article about it when uh, this all started off, and there has been something of a resurgence in the in the early 2020s here, um, where union membership is slightly improving, but it's also barely keeping up with like l- like. There is more people joining unions, but there's also still people leaving unions and stuff, so it's kind of just barely... Keeping up. Keeping up. But hopefully, like, high-profile ones like these... Show the importance. Contribute. And also, there's the UPS one around the corner, which would be much more dramatic for the whole country than the entertainment ones, right? Because you can't... Because no one's going to be like, well, they're... they're," You can't be like, the mailman's rich. No. The UPS guy. Because, yeah... People but also, just, it's, it's a much bigger deal. Yeah, it's a, it yeah. would have a much more profound It'd effect on the economy. Yeah. California's like struggling, and like it's it's causing like billions of damage to their economy. But the UPS one, they apparently they move like two percent of the world's GDP every day. Holy shit! Crazy, right? So if that happens, that would be a much bigger deal for the whole country. But oh yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, next thing. I wrote, obviously, okay, the writer's strike continues. So they're in their 40-somethingth day now. Just like Lent. Almost up to the 50th, I think, day of, of their strike. Good on them. They gave up writing for Lent, their Lent. I was thinking maybe we could do a Wolf Blitzer thing every in week. In what sense? So during the Iranian hostage crisis, Wolf Blitzer, every night, he signed off with how many days it had been since they'd been taken hostage. Every week, we could sign off with how many days it's been since the strikes have been going. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, 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 all right yeah. well we'll see um ceo suck um and we kind of already got to that they Bob are the worst he um just signed up for he, he renewed his contract he's going to be ceo of disney through 2026 unless they also kick him out and in doing so he got himself like even more bonuses <laughs> than than he had had before he'd secured some, some a nice deal for himself meanwhile this week he said that the demands of the screen actors guild and the writers guild are uh what did he say they were like Unreasonable. Disturbing and unre. He's literally said that like they're. I find them disturbing. What the fuck? Yeah, Bob. What do you say? I saw something where they proposed for AI. This uh, one of the head of the Screen Actors Guild that they wanted to use AI to take like in, the like scans of background actors' bodies and they own the rights in to perpetuity. That. In perpetuity, with no co- no permission. That was their like reasonable thing. Yeah, I saw that too. That's insane. And he's and like, the guy had to be like. This is what they wanted to do. That they were all like, "I think it's fair. I think it's fair. It's fair. You guys don't want to do this. It's insane. What people think they can get away with." Um. Also, other CEO who sucks a lot is Zaslav. Oh. Discover. Uh, oh yeah, we knew uh, he sucked. What's it called? Discover Warner Mac. Brothers Discover. What are they called? I don't know. Warner Brothers Discovery. Is that what it's called? Discover a brother. Warner's Discover Brothers. Whatever it's called. Brothers Discovery. The, the new mega corporation that's horrible and has never been good. Yay! Um. He sucks. He um. He, they sold off five hundred million dollars of their like of their music catalog, which includes stuff like the the um, soundtracks. I think for like the Matrix, basically lots of soundtracks for movies. Their movies, stuff like the Rent soundtrack, which is like that's a musical, so that's kind of notable. Although I don't know how much value the two thousand five film Rent has. I don't currently, know. probably but not a lot. I like Rent. I listen to that soundtrack every now and again. So. I guess maybe because I thirty ninety, it has more. Might be. Might have come. Or back no, a Tick little. Tick Boom. Excuse me. Yes. Yes. I'm thinking of the song. That's the song. Yeah. Right. Um, he's the one who started the whole, he, he, he was like the watershed moment for just slashing shit off of your streaming services, right? Cause he did yeah. that and now everyone's followed suit. So Paramount has done it now. They got rid of the Grease sequel or the Grease prequel, uh, series, just completely trash up for Emmys. Uh, it's up for like two Emmys. It doesn't exist anymore. You can't watch it. So that's crazy. Um, <laughs> 
Um, obviously, Disney. I've, I've been meaning to work this in for a while. So Disney's gotten rid of like the some of the MCU shows, tech, which are like ancillary, but technically like the Runaways and one of the other ones I can't remember. Oh, maybe it was Cloak and Dagger. Mm, um, that's on Hulu. Are, I thought. Is it still on there? It might be. Yeah. Well, the Runaways was on Hulu, but then they moved it to Disney Plus, oh. and now it's gone. Yeah, I don't know where Cloak and Dagger is. Okay. Um, they also got rid of that asteroid moon i don't know i think it's called crater maybe it's gone it was out for like less than two months and they just it's gone already obviously willow is the big one that got canceled which we kind of saw the writing on the wall even as we finished it but that's a show we enjoyed yeah. um and we're optimistic about not only is it canceled it's gone now they removed that less than a year it's insane it's setting such a bizarre precedent because it's just signaling that like you, you can do- Clearly, there's some kind of number, right, where mm. it's worth less to keep it than it is to just get rid of it. And so, if you take that to its extreme, like, how many things even worth are worth keeping, right? Seems like none of them are. Seems like almost nothing. It's just going to be, like, the Mandalorian and, like, the old cartoons that they don't have to pay people for, I guess. I don't know yeah. if they've already gotten... I, I, don't, I don't know. I just... And the Mandalorian's not even worth it really anymore, either. <laughs> it's just... <clears throat> it's insane to me. Yeah, it's again. We've said it before. I'll say it again. Streaming is—it's got a. And this, this might. I've been saying for a while that like within the decade, it, might be within a year. It might be within a year because of this, the strikes and everything. The, the whole, the whole like landscape might change again. I'm. It doesn't work. No. The business model. I don't. I tell this to people all the time. Anyone will listen. I love talking about this again. Like in the past year, this has become even more like fascinating. This this aspect of it all. Because we're like talking about movies and stuff, but yeah. this is like I've, I'm really getting into it, and it's like it doesn't work as a business model. And yeah, because it it only worked when there was one. It only worked when there was one. Netflix is, to my knowledge, the only one that has ever even briefly been profitable, profitable. and it's not been for a while now. And it wasn't at first. It hardly, but it got was. there for a minute. I think it was literally one or two years. Netflix when it, when turned it, a profit. Isn't that is what is it when they crossed into like being on the Wii and shit? Maybe because that's what I remember when I. Because I remember, I remember being. It's crazy how to be there for the entire life cycle of Netflix. I know. Because right? I remember getting movies from Netflix, and then I remember getting it for the Wii for Christmas, and then getting an ad, like it's just the building and building. You and I talked about this recently because I was we we exist in such an interesting place as like we're towards the early side of Gen Z, right? Yeah. And I think that's an interesting time period to exist in because like we're old enough to remember. Like I. When I was a little kid, I watched like VHS movies. Yeah, I, at there's home. VHS. I've VHS in my home that I remember watching, which I think would be foreign to people even a couple years younger than us. Yeah, people who are like so younger our, than my sister. Yeah, within our childhood, we went from VHS all the way up to streaming, like from like pretty old. Which I know that VHS is you know the oldest form of, but it was like the first big home video format because mm-hmm. Laserdisc and um. Whatever the actual fucking film ones were, analog, whatever. It was. Yeah, those were kind of unacce- inaccessible or mm-hmm. harder, at least. VHS was the first one that could be print, really nice caught produced. on. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, by the time we were like young children, even still within our tra- like preteens, right? Netflix mm-hmm. had risen up, and it's like that pretty much wiped out physical media entirely. But again, something's got to change here because now streaming isn't sustainable. Yeah, because the companies keep treating it. I watched the video. They like keep treating it like it's the new thing to play with, and not know. But it's like. It just can't be the same. It, There's not enough money in yeah. it to make th- these like shows and movies that are more expensive than they've ever been, mm-hmm. and also there's less money coming. In. I like I've and said, I, not very, some of them aren't very good. Well, that's beside that, the point, that's the whole but. thing with Netflix. I mean, there's always that joke on Netflix where it's like it's either the best show you've ever watched or the worst shit you've ever seen. Like there's no 
and they cancel everything. It's like what I, I still maintain. The only thing that can even make sense to me is that they they're all standing by to like pull the rug out from under us and just put a bunch of commercials back in as an additional revenue stream. Because otherwise, and Hulu already does that. There's not enough money. There's just not enough money in it at play. You cannot possibly turn a profit on. Like I just don't get because the thing I always say is like when Netflix does a three hundred million dollar movie and they put it out, do they? How many new subscriptions is that? Like literally ten million or something? Do they get ten million more people to sign up because they put out Extraction Two? Probably not. And they do that five times a year with different sh- more than I mean yeah. they do it every month. They have three new shows and four new original movies, all of which are again they don't know how to budget anything anymore. Evidently, yeah, just fucking spend it. They used to spend all that money on Friends in the Office. It's insane. Yeah, when no one cared because they were the only game in town, right? They came in with this brand new thing of like, hey, can we pay you to stream this? And they were like, what? You're g- you want to give us money? To st- we don't give a shit. Yeah. A thing no one does? Okay, sure. sure. And then they were massively profitable. And then now, of course, everyone wants back in. So everyone wants their own things. So either everyone's hoarding their own properties for streaming, or you have to pay, I guess, out the ass to get actual streaming mm-hmm. rights for things. Or Zazlav will just give you fucking Westworld. Yeah. He'll just say, I don't even want Westworld anymore. Take it. Take it. Take it, Peacock, or whoever the fuck has Westworld now. Yeah. I just, oh, they give it to, I Someone else has Westworld now. Yeah, you didn't know. You don't remember? That was the big one. That was the biggest one. I, I know they cut it. I know it, it They gave from, it to someone else. Someone else that, has I Westworld. I thought he just cut it. He just shipped no, it off? No, it's off now. I, mean, I think He shipped a, it down river? He moses did? That's what I'm saying, dude. Westworld Holy was, it was, shit. It was just gone, like in the ether right, for a yeah. moment. I remember, but, I remember we were talking about it, was, it being gone, because they canceled it, and then they destroyed it that's crazy yeah let's see they really fucking I don't know, took it to the great beyond or the hell it is yeah <laughs> what are they calling westworld no that's right is the great beyond something like that the valley beyond valley beyond they really valley beyond it <laughs> holy shit they raised was- by wolves the never just gone oh jeez. Um, what a- is it tubi i think it's tubi tubi tubi's wild freebies weird too so maybe it's one of the ones where like you have to actually pay for it or i, like I don't Pluto know pluto tv I, I just don't know. What do you think? Then but Zazla, also, the other thing Zaslav did, he was going to destroy or just completely gut, basically, uh, Turner Classic Movies, which is- No, not the- Turner Classic Movies. That's like my favorite. That's the thing I go through all the time. Oh, yeah? I love Turner Classic Movies. That's where I watch all the classic movies. They, um, they like, got rid of, like, half the people who work. They're basically just seemingly just going to absolutely gut it. Also, and- they changed how they do um credits in, the, in Discovery and Max as well, if you notice- that it's it used to be like directed by starring and all this like it would break it down uh-huh. by a role now it just says creators so they so they can be like oh they're creators we don't have to d- divvy it up and like pay the thing we just say it's this and you got you got you <laughs> this is a Los Angeles Times article uh, can TMC sur- or sorry TCM survive David Zaslav's cultural hooliganism <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing he's such a menace dude everything he's ever touched is just like what about reality TV what about the most cheapest worthless dreck you can possibly make the the lowest common denominator garbage and that's everything he's ever done he jumps on discovery he's like he's just doing like fucking ancient aliens and everything like that's all him that's all because of him it's like history and A&E are all like worthless channels now and then he gets discovery like the biggest thing and then he's like what if I bought Warner Brothers what if we make fucking the CW? We get rid of everything on there and we just make it reality. We're putting Milf Manor on CW. Fucking, what's wrong with you? Now, hold on, Milf Manor sounds like pretty good. Shut up. Oh, so TCM, um, he was going to get rid of it, and Spielberg uh, 
Paul Thomas Anderson and Martin Scorsese were like, don't. What are you doing? <laughs> the big boys. They, they all got together and they were like, what are you doing? Holy shit. It's the classic movies, fellow. That's This is important shit. Holy shit. And apparently they and, were. And that didn't wake him up? Uh, no, apparently it did a little bit. They brought him and he was like, all right, guys, we'll let you come in as some kind of uh, stewards for DC. I don't know where that's going to go <sighs> exactly, God. but. Thank God th- for that's those insane. Boys. When they're like, they're literally like, what are you doing? I wouldn't be surprised if they fucking got Coppola and Tarantino. They like got him on the phone. They were like, I got Paul on the phone. Because, you know, Spielberg's probably got a, a direct line. I've tried like, to like, barge what, like, what are you doing? I'm Steven Spielberg. I've created the greatest films ever put, ever shown to an audience. Insane, right? Um, it's so funny that the three of them, like a fucking tribe. I know, right? Here. Isn't that crazy? That's a, that's a, those are some of the big ones. Those are some of the big boys. Jeez. The only thing is if you if you subbed out Paul Thomas Anderson for... for like, Francis Ford for Coppola. Coppola yeah. If you would or Coppola, like George Lucas or something, or fucking Quentin Tarantino or exactly. something. Well, it's just because Scorsese and Spielberg are like you know contemporary. Yeah, the, oh, that's true. All the contemporary, all the, the old heads. What are they? The Whack Pack or whatever. The Whack Pack. Yeah, is that what they're called. I think so. They gotta pick a different name. No, why? What's wrong with that? They're all they're the Whack Pack. They're whacking together. I mean, it was the sixties. You know, she well, was different. Yeah, that's when um a stiff dick meant a good handshake or whatever they yeah, say. Yeah, whatever they that say. That is totally true. I don't know. Okay, maybe I'm... Is that the Howard Stern thing? It is the Rat Pack, but that's Frank Sinatra. That was Sinatra and his boys. <laughs> and the fellas. What the fuck were they called? Maybe it's not the Whack Pack. It was like, you know, but it's like George Lucas, right? Spielberg, Lucas, fucking Coppola, uh, Scorsese. Um, The other guy, Shining Boy. Is he one of them? Or is he kind of... Uh, yeah, fringe? I think he was. I think he was. I think he was a little. What's his... Oh, my God. What was his name? I forgot his name. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, what's his... Kubrick. Almost said Stanley Tucci. It's not Stanley Tucci. You can cut all that, Jake. Feel free. I was trying to figure the out. The movie what... brats. That's what they're called. The what? <laughs> yeah, you weren't even close. I wasn't even close. <laughs> the whack pack. Sorry. I'm going to be the title of the episode. So who was it? This who, says... Who is the whack pack? That's a, that's a Howard Stern that's thing. That's the Howard Stern thing? Um, contained within a broader wave of filmmakers, also including Dennis Hopper, Arthur Penn, I don't even know. Coppola, Lucas. The movie brats are... What the fuck their films? Yeah, Coppola, Scorsese, Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, John Mills, and Paul Schrader. Brian De Palma, he's, he's relevant because he did a Mission Impossible One, hmm. which we'll get to in a bit. Um, okay, no, last I'm... couple things here. All right, Elemental made a comeback. Did it really? Yeah, it's now their highest performing animated film since Frozen Two, which is not saying much because half of the movies that have come out since then they didn't put in cinemas, like Soul, Soul, and Luca, Luca, Turning Red. Onward was Raya was out there. Onward was out there. Oh, was Onward though? Actually, I watched Onward on Disney Plus, so I don't know. I don't know if it was Raya was though. I don't think Onward was. I think Onward was before Raya, right? Before they were like, we're coming back to the th- maybe. I don't. Regardless, um, Encanto. Encanto, I think is a Disney only. I th- no, I think it did get a cinema release, but I don't. But I don't think that's Pixar. It was though. too early. No, this is just any Disney. Oh, any. Di- oh, okay. Pixar or or otherwise, because Frozen Two wasn't Pixar, obviously. Oh, right, that's true. It, it really saw that, and I was like, it threw me for a loop, because I was like, man, 2019. I mean, that was the before times, Jack. Things were so different. We were we were a country then. Iger was still CEO the first time. Yeah. And it was before he and left. We all liked him still. That's when he forced them to finish episode nine in time, so that it could it could be out before he was done, which it, it, the consequences of that cannot be understated. Because we're still was, feeling the consequences. Oh, we're still that. feeling the consequences. <laughs> that, that year, they had like nine movies, you remember? That all cracked a billion. It was like yeah. all three Marvel movies, because it was like Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Far, Far From, From Home. Home. It Lion was King. like Frozen 2, Lion King. and Toy Story 4, yeah. Lion King, 
Aladdin, I think. Yeah, I think it and was. Star Wars, all of them. It was like they couldn't, they could do no and wrong. Then and now collapsed. And now we're here, Jack. And now we've arrived. And here now Indiana in Jones can't make any money because it costs three hundred million dollars. They don't know how to make films anymore. They forgot. They forgot how to make movies with a budget. <laughs> it, it's like Roman concrete. They forgot. We'll never. We'll, we'll never ne- know again. Well, it's because because the, the movie was out for so long that it's stronger. I think part of it, and we'll get to this later as well, is like it's got to be the COVID delays have fucked it, but. Um, uh, How long can I fuck it? Speaking of Spielberg as well, I got an article here that I saved. He was killed in his home after speaking badly. He's um, he just can't miss. Really, it's he an article from winning. 2013, which is not that long ago, but still. Um, Spielberg and Lucas were both at an event, and they got asked about this. And Spielberg um predicted the implosion of the film industry. Yes, because <laughs> of Lincoln. Because of Lincoln. Um, he said. Uh, so again, this is 2013. Steven Spielberg on Wednesday predicted an implosion in the film industry is inevitable, whereby a half dozen or so $250 million movies flop at the box office and alter the industry forever. He just don't miss <laughs> I mean, what the hell? He can't. Mi- I mean, here's the thing. When you're the best to ever do it, when you're the LeBron James. <laughs> the absolute goat. Now imagine, yeah, imagine he's, uh, for all basketball fans, imagine he's LeBron James. Dunking on everybody. 20 years in the game. Can't be stopped. His his uh, theory about it, which may may not necessarily be completely right, but his theory about it was that what will come next, or even before then, will be price variances at movie theaters where you're going to have to pay $25 for the next Iron Man, but you're probably only going to have to pay $7 to see Lincoln. He also said that Lincoln came this close to being an HBO movie instead of a theatrical release. And, well, he couldn't have known how right he was going to be about that. All these movies that we cannot watch in movie theaters, yeah. whether we want to or fucking that, not. That whole, that whole Netflix it- will not take my money. All of 2021, where Warner Bros. only released them in HBO mm-hmm, Max, and mm-hmm. didn't tell the companies they were doing that, and they all freaked out. That's one thing, though, because that was obviously extenuating circumstance. But Netflix, yeah. in general, just doesn't. Mm, yeah, they just don't do I it. I couldn't have seen Straction 2 in a movie theater if I wanted to. It would have been better, I think. I've watched the beginning. It's good. It's a fine movie, but it would have been better. Did you see the whole? Did you see the one shot, or what? How much of it do you want? I watched all of the prison sequence. That's the one shot. Yeah. Very good sequence. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, I was like, everyone's like, you know, it's not really one shot. Yeah, no kidding. They didn't actually film for twenty two minutes straight of all whatever. But People it's good. I love the part it's hit with a brick and it, and it does the lock on his head. That's a. I love when they do that shot. It's a good camera technique. Um, George Lucas agreed that massive changes are afoot, including film exhibition morphing someone into a Broadway play model, whereby fewer movies are released, they stay in theaters for a year, and ticket prices are much higher. His prediction prompted Spielberg to recall that in nineteen eighty two, his film. E.T. the Extraterrestrial stayed in theaters for a year and four months. A whole year of E.T. Yeah. Um, he loves that movie. I've heard him say that it's like his perfect film. Really? He's like, I watch it over and over again. Never. Wa- I haven't watched it since I was a child and I never liked it because I've he never seen me. it. He spooked me. I, 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 I'm, I'm just going to say it. E.T. always scared me. I know you're not supposed to be scared of E.T. That's like the whole point of the movie. But, but he's just, spooky. He's, he freaked me he's out every gross. time. I think so. I think I've always. And that's the gross. point. But I always, I could never get over that. I don't want the gross thing coming to Earth. But I'm sure I'd be over with it now. I would have shot E.T. with a gun. And then he did that thing where he took the guns out, but he regrets it because he shouldn't alter film like that. You remember this? He edited the. Oh. Some of the soldiers have guns, and he was like, he made them have radios or whatever, and he's like, I shouldn't have done that. And I think he fixed it for like the thirtieth anniversary. Or he's got honor. I'll tell him that. Also. Obviously, Star Wars did a very similar thing where it stayed in theaters for a million years. But isn't that great? Ooh. That's really interesting, right? <sighs> I mean, a half dozen $250 million movies are going to flop. I, he, how did he know? Because he's smart. He can see the future. Um. Okay, Emmys. Let's talk Emmys. The Emmys nominations came out. The bear got a good number. The bear got a good number. Good for the bear. FX is the bears. Never seen it, but I keep getting a lot of stuff for it. Yep, yep, yep. Well, you don't get to watch it. You've, okay. got, a, you've got work to do before then. Um... 
Some of the big winners. The but last the cat of can us. have a little bit of the bear as a tree, can he? Yeah, I guess. You got the little bit. I shoot at the clip where he makes fun of Snyder Bros. <laughs> That's true. That's the clip I really need. <laughs> the guy from fucking... When Skeen. Skeen. Um, so The Last of Us, Succession, The White Lotus are the big winners. All three HBO shows. I didn't know The White Lotus was actually any good. Maybe it's not. The <laughs> Emmys are a little more fast and loose compared to... They're Oscar. not quite as pretentious as the Oscars. I don't know. We'll have to see. I've seen... I've heard conflicting things about White Lotus. So have I. About like it's maybe not actually that very good. I've heard it's one of those things people overhype it. Yeah. Succession I've heard is actually very good. And we love The Last of Us. It's probably my favorite show of the year thus far. Um, Not even probably. Because The Mandalorian was good. pretty awful. But yeah, they all knocked it out of the park. Including stuff like Pedro Pascal got a acting nom. One of the most egregious things I think I've ever seen in one of these. Is that every supporting actor nom is either from Succession or White Lotus. Really? It's It's... Four from White Lotus, four from Succession. What about Daisy Ridley? Nothing. Not Daisy Ridley. No. It's just actors. No, right, just actors. Now, there's also a separate character, uh, a separate category for guest stars. So, like, Nick Offerman got a guest star nod. Oh, okay. So did um the other guy in that episode. Oh. And a couple he? of the other people. Yeah. Um, all got, yeah. Um, Bella Ramsey got one Bella as well. Bella Ramsey, that's her name. Um, so did, I think, Sam, the, the actor, um, uh, Kev- Kevon Montreal Woodard, who was Sam. The, oh, the the, the, the boy? deaf boy. He is apparently the second youngest Emmy nominee of all time. I think he also got four guest star because they're only in yeah. There's only one episode. One, well, yeah, one episode really. Yeah, probably, um, yeah. the Star Wars shows got 22 between them. Ooh, nothing for acting though. As I alluded to, all of the guest star or all of the supporting actor spots were taken up. Yeah. So no Stellan Skarsgård. No, uh, what's his name? Kino Loy, fucking Gollum. Oh, Andy Circus. Yes, Andy Circus. Thank you. No, um, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. He's seen a lot of Sagara lately. Lots of Sagara. He's just the worst. He's, you know, he goes he's, too, he's got the he's got the right idea. Goes too far in some places. Uh, but yeah, so no, no acting nods for Nothing. Andor, which is like, if there's anything, and it would have been great because, like, deserve- I honestly think they almost deserve it more. I mean, obviously, I'm biased towards Andor, but. I think there's something to be said about the fact that they took a show like that is a Star Wars show. It's it's the goofy Star Wars thing. What about and a they did elevate from, it from Rogue One. Who exactly, they care right? about. On paper, it's it's nonsense, and they did elevate it to really, I think, belong among these other ones. Yeah, you could so, almost watch it whole cloth by itself. Oh yeah, and it's 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 incredible. Yeah, because you you don't need like. I mean, sure, you'll miss some of the fine uses, but you can be like, it's there. They live in a place where there's an oppressive government. I don't know why you couldn't s- slip in Stellan Skarsgård instead of one of the guys from like that. Just does, that defies explanation. You're gonna you watch have his, four you're, guys from White Lotus and four guys from Succession. You're gonna watch that speech and tell me you didn't deserve an Emmy? Cause like those guys can't. That doesn't make sense, right? He shares his dreams. How can all four of them be the the best? I get it on some level. You just say, well, it is what it is. These are the eight best supporting actors. Just. But also, the fact that they're all from the same show is weird to me because it's just like, well, only one of these guys is the best supporting actor in this show. Because one of them is going to win. the best supporting actor yeah. in the... I don't know. Because if one of the succession guys win, that proves the other three were never going to be enough anyway. Apparently, no one... And obviously, like, Better Call Saul also finished in this round. Yeah. Um, No one from House of the Dragon got any... There are no House of the Dragon acting ones at all, actually, which was really surprising because I was like... Am I missing something? Is it? It was. Was that last year? Of course it wasn't, though, because the way they do it, it's like halfway through the year to halfway through the year. Yeah, it's not like um, January to January. Yeah, that which is like what the Oscars do, right? Crazy. So Patty Constantine, nothing. Ugh, Matt Smith, if nothing. you're inclined towards him, um, 
what's his name who was uh the sea serpent guy what's he called fuck you get it yeah but I also no one just no one no one in house of the dragon regardless um so i don't know those damn succession bros i know it's it seems like they they maybe a bit too much for succession also a big one was um i think what's it called fucking Ted Lasso, which I've seen is really wasn't great. If, if it ever was good, this one wasn't. But. Oh, I heard it really took a fucking nosedive at the end. Um, Yeah, exactly. Prey got a television movie nod. That's cool. I liked Prey a lot. Okay. Um, good for it. Obi-Wan Kenobi is up for best limited series. Andor did get um drama, so that's cool. I doubt I. there's no chance, but uh, at I least think it's a good nod. Trying. Again, the fact that a Star Wars series is up for an Emmy for best drama is pretty cool. It's a start, at least. Maybe yeah. season two will get it. Maybe. If it ever comes Whatever out. Whatever happens to it. Um, yeah, so it's Andor, Better Call Saul, The Crown, House of the Dragon, The Last of Us, Succession, The White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets. So that's it, they all got the representation there, at least. But then people are saying, like, Bob Odenkirk probably isn't going to get the Emmy for it. Because they'll put in fucking Macaulay Culkin's brother or whatever, and he'll, he'll get it instead, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. He didn't, he, Bob Odenkirk didn't win a single one. The, the, Better Call Saul didn't win a single Emmy its whole run. And which is world. which is the shame of it, right? Yeah. So maybe they'll maybe they'll finally give it to him for like lifetime achievement and all. I hope so. He deserves. That'd it. be nice. Yeah. Um, Anything else yeah. with that? No, I think that's about it. All right. We said guest actor. Got our roundups through. No, no, no. We got more for the roundup. Yeah, I do. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> of the of the guest actor, it's all Last of Us or Succession. Four of them from The Last of Us. Two of them from Succession. So there you go. Um. Oh, Storm Reed. Anna Torv both got them for The Last of Us, which Storm Reed is, remember, she's from Euphoria and she was Ellie's girlfriend yes. type character. And I think that the, the Anna Torv was um, Tess. And I think Melanie Lansky is the one in, she's in Kansas City. Oh, she's the leader? Yeah. Okay. She was just in the episode of Sunday you watched. She was. She, and she's very good. Oh, yeah. Um, Barry was up for comedy, so was the bear. Let's go. I hope, I think Barry would do all right. Barry's. Maybe Barry will, Barry will catch something. Barry catching his cot. I think Henry Winkler and Bill Hader have won in the past mm-hmm. for Barry. Maybe Barry will, uh, Bill Hader will get a directing one for one of the episodes of Barry, which is a good director. Yeah, oh yeah. I think one, I think two, or I think maybe one of the episodes of Andor is up for directing and one's up for writing. I think Rick's Road is up for writing and um, Tony Gilroy. One Way Out is oh. up for maybe just episode, maybe a, like outstanding episode. I don't remember. Ooh. You get it though. I, I mean, deserves it. I think so. Truly. Those are, yeah. Truly an outstanding episode. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, the last thing... What do I got? Yeah, okay. So, the last thing is just to cir- come full circle here. Um, this is the thing you didn't tell This is the about. thing I didn't tell you before. You ready? Yeah. So, as we said, as, uh, as, the, as the strikes rage on now, this is the first time that they have both struck together since 1960. Right. In 1960, Jack, do you know who was president of the Screen Actors Guild? No. You can probably... I, I believe you can figure it out. So, this person was an actor... It was an actor. Of course. In the 60s. Went on to be very influential to the United States as a whole. In fact, you might say, Jack, everything comes no back to way. him. Was it my boy Ronald Reagan? It was Ronald Reagan, Jack. He was the head of a union and then he ruined America? And then he ruined America. Ronald Reagan was president of the Screen Actors Guild when they went on strike in 1960. Then 21 years later... As president, he fired over 11,000 air traffic controllers when they were on strike and altered the labor landscape in this country, maybe forever, probably irreparably. Let's not forget, hold, let's not forget, took us off the gold standard. 
I just mean he he's done almost everything, but I just mean that's very specifically. Yeah, he was head of a union, union and then that went on strike, and then he did one of the most anti-union things you could any do. president's ever done. So great, great. God, I hate it. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that the worst thing you've ever heard? It is. Ooh, I hate him. He's ruined it. I, almost everything is like his fault. That's what I always say. That's my. It's, it's crazy. Just how anyone many who things, will listen. It's crazy how many things. Because I go, fellas, you think about it. You go, why is this thing in our country so terrible? It's probably Reagan. It's probably Reagan. Isn't that? I, if it's not Reagan, it's probably Nixon. I knew you'd love that, Jack. I knew. I was like, <sighs> I hope Jack didn't see this already. I'm glad I didn't. It was fun to do it live on air. I was truly shocked. The 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 when you were like, I slowly put it together. I was like, oh no! I was like a horror movie. <laughs> That was horrifying. What a twist that was! Right, like a like a knives out esque twist. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 why with the president who was what you fired all those air traffic control people? But you were over eleven thousand. So fired them, people. banned them from ever working in the government again because they were on strike because they wanted better conditions. Wild. Hey, that guy should have killed them with that gun. I. It's hard to say if things wouldn't be better. It's hard to say things wouldn't be better. How could they get any worse? <laughs> Here's the thing, it's only gotten worse. Well, let's move on before I talk about killing the president. Yeah, probably don't. <laughs> um, Come kill me, CA. Kill me for my podcast. It's like that, um, They've killed for less. It's like the what is kids you know bit. Yes. It's one of the only sentences. That guy died in a car accident. It's one of the only sentences you can't say. But you say, I, it's very, you can say it's very illegal too. <laughs> so it's very illegal to say that. Well, Ronald Reagan's also dead, so I can say I would kill Ronald Reagan <laughs> sure. As, before he was president. So let's move on to Mission. <laughs> I think I know that into Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One came out this week. This movie sucks. Whoa, I'm coming out of the gate. We're strong, coming, very strong. Coming out, out the hot. Gate. We were in. We very... spent a lot of time on this last time. <laughs> I told you, we got that extra. Hour. We banked that extra hour and a half. We'll be fine. We've already used most of that hour. Oh no! Um. So. Dead Reckoning Part 1. We were very excited for this. We really loved Fallout. Fallout, really one of the, my favorite action movies ever. It, it's a, very it's a real triumph, I would say. And um, is that unfair to say? Because, like, listen, here's the thing about Mission Impossible, right? Is that they are have the distinction of pretty much since the second movie, it's only been uphill, right? You can make a pretty good argument that each movie since then has been better than the last, right? Except Rogue Nation. You don't think Rogue Nation's better than three? Well, Rogue Nation is five. I'm sorry. You don't think Rogue Nation's better than Ghost Protocol? Ghost Protocol. I do a not. lot of people do. I'm right. I didn't. Care I think I would. Ov- I think I would probably. Fall- I haven't seen either of them in a minute. I think I watched rewatched them all like last year, year before. Now maybe it was 2020 when I, f- I saw some of like the first stuff for this movie. I was so excited. I was like, let me go watch Mission Impossible again. Um, I, I guess I think like I said, I think you could reasonably argue that. Yeah. I don't know if I'd necessarily fall down there either, but I know a lot of people prefer Rogue Nation to Ghost Protocol, and then Fallout is the best one of them all. So it's Absolutely. like it literally is this. Ascending. Yeah, which is pretty impressive to do, right? Where it's literally like, if you, you look back and you say, wow, they really made each one better than the last. And again, since two, none of them have been bad either, right? Mm-hmm. Three is a lot of people's, you know, people make the argument that that's the best one and for and so on and so forth. You could kind of reasonably argue. Any of them. Yeah. And so is that an unfair thing to judge a thing by? Yes. To say, well, this one also has to be the new best one. Maybe. Um... But it's definitely not. I mean, that's just all there is to it. <laughs> it wasn't. And I think I think it wasn't even close, is my thing. It was is that just nothing. Fallout is so much better than it that it's 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 not just that it didn't surpass it. I think this is the weakest one in a minute. Not only that, but this movie is however long it is, two and a half hours? 
It's more like two forty-five. Two forty. Oh, Jesus Christ! You feel that's every- the thing. It's it's more than ten minutes longer than the than last the last full one. movie, and this is a part which one. again, incredible. Fallout is one of the best action movies I think ever. Yeah, sure. And it and it, honestly, the thing about it that I think makes it so glaring as well is that Fallout works so well almost as a conclusion. It's got so much tied up in that where you, I think you reasonably could be like, this was the last one. Mm-hmm. And six is a good one to do. Yeah. And then this is like so much weaker and I think actually does a worse job of that. And again, part of it is that I think what you were getting at there, right? Mm-hmm. It's two and two hours, 40 something minutes long and it's only part one of two. Yeah. There's a lot of dead air. And it feels so, yeah, it feels kind of meandering and it's. I don't know. There was nothing in particular where, like, during the movie, I was really like, well, this is going too long or anything. I don't know if you felt that, but definitely looking back at it after it was all done, I was like, okay, that was two hours and 40 minutes of movie, and that's only part one of two? Like, we got to do this again? Yeah. I was falling asleep parts of it. Truthfully, (laughs) I was, like, falling asleep here. Damn. Could not keep me attentive. It's crazy, right? It's just... Okay, so let's get into some specifics. So, so let's, we got, let's do the MacGuffin. What's the thing they got to get this time? Let's do the MacGuffin. Jack, let's talk about the MacGuffin. I've been dying to talk about the MacGuffin all day. I've been dying to I actually think, didn't care for it much. And especially by the <sighs> end of it, I couldn't give a shit, basically. I, I felt think, so, I feel like something I'd seen a hundred times. Yeah, it feels very sort of generic and bad for, I don't know. Are there other spy movies that do AI like this? Similar? I was trying to think, right? Because I was like, I feel like, I feel like I've seen this movie. But I think what I was seeing, or was thinking of... Is that I think I've Spectre seen does something kind of like something that. like that, but where it's just like this this entity has no nation, it has it's you can't there's no no center. Well, I think everywhere. the biggest thing is Westworld. That all season yes, three definitely Westworld is, is the thing I think connected with. But yes, I do think that this is a not a completely unique plot at this point. The whole like it's an AI that's all. I I really do think Westworld season three is probably the, the best one. Best one. I'm trying to think of spy thing specifically, but I think I'm mostly thinking of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Think Bibs and Bobs, yeah, but definitely Rehoboam. Like you're he's, he's it up. Rehoboam. He's that's why because I, I wrote it down. I didn't. I didn't give a shit about. It. That's basically what I mean. It's like the main villain of this is is an AI. It doesn't speak or, or wait, yeah, faceless like voiceless AI. Um, and then the other his like main henchman guy. I guess we should say we are gonna spoil it. Um, but yeah, I didn't care much for him either. And I saw people like point out that there's like some obviously sim- symbolism going on in. A, I saw someone mention that before going in, but then after seeing it, I was like, it's not even that, um, they're not very like <laughs> subtle with it though. No, the, no. It, Cause I was like, Oh, okay. It's some, Oh, cause someone was like, I th- I like how in this movie, basically Ethan Hunt's trying to kill God and his disciples. And I was like, Oh, that isn't, but then you see it. And it's like, Oh no, they're pretty on the nose about that. He's called Gabriel and they call the entity. Tom Cruise called. He's like, this is your God. He literally says that to him at one point. Mm-hmm. And the, the MacGuffin's shaped like a cross. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I guess I get this. I guess my big thing is compared to almost any of the other movies, the MacGuffin is dumb. It's a key, it's literally a physical key. object that they have to get. That seems so lame to me. And and they kind of explain how like difficult it is to replicate, but I just that just doesn't make sense to me. It's just a key. You can't. It's just, just a key, and if it's it's the most complicated key that's ever been made. Like wh- the Russians made the key. Why can't they make another key? Another key. Or why couldn't any, because it's said multiple times throughout this that basically every nation, every developed nation on the planet is, is racing for this. If Russia could make the key, why couldn't anyone else make the key? They have photos of the key. They, have they know, that's the thing, right? It's shown that they have like very detailed images. schematics exactly of what the key should look like. How did they get that? Who knows? Why didn't they just make another key? 
Also, like, I just, I guess even just the concept that they actually just need the key to get in. Like, really? You couldn't just get into it? Like, if they got the thing. I understand the key makes it easier, but... You just blowtorch it in. Right? Something like that? Is it really, like, so Im- And also, they're trying to destroy it. Blow it up with a bomb. That's a really good point. He doesn't even want it. Yeah, he wants to destroy it. I mean, like, so the bigger part of it is that throughout this movie, they also need to know what the key is for. But you're right. Once they actually learn that, they don't really need the key at all. It's if anything, f- it's just to prevent the other guys from getting it. Because, yeah. yeah, now that he knows, they can just blow it up if they With want to. With a fucking right. bomb. Literally. It's at the bottom of the ocean. Let water seep in. It's electronic. I can't outsmart water. So, yeah. I didn't really... Especially compared to the last one, which was... High, tight. A literal, literal bomb. Like nuclear yeah. weapons. Like a physical thing you had to stop. This one, and they say they're like, it's the most deadly, dangerous weapon that's ever existed. Yeah, but it's kind of like abstractly, right? Yeah, it takes... It's, the, a, it's, a, it's a, you know... And it's only really... Cyber weapon. It's only really bad for the government in a lot of ways. Like, from like a... Because a like nuclear bomb, that directly, immediately impacts like, you know, the people yeah. who live around it. But if it like, it attacks the government, only the government officials are going to feel that first, take a while. It's yeah, like, so I didn't care much for the MacGuffin of this, basically. They put that one handler in... um. From Operation Fortune, Operation he's Fortune. In it. I was like, so he's so okay. So his the scene where he's introduced, I didn't care for much, and it's kind of exposition dump. Yeah, it's emblematic of a problem I have with the entire script of this movie, which is very exposition heavy. And I saw someone's review. I was just perusing through people's on Letterbox, seeing what they thought, and someone was like, one of the strengths of these movies is that they make the exposition so engaging that you really feel like it's the most important thing, and you really need to pay attention. I didn't feel that at all with these. And that scene in particular, I felt was weird and kind of clunky of like... They all take different turns. It's, it's weird. That's not how people talk, right? I, yeah, I, that whole like... I made note of it. And the only reason that I was like, they're doing this because if they just had one guy say it, it'd be way too boring. So they have to have other people speak just to keep you like engaged. Yeah, it, it definitely stood out. I was like, why are they taking turns like... And like almost like they're going in order and like finishing each other's sentences and shit. And it's like, it's people you've seen. I was like, oh, that's girl from fucking... Obi-Wan and the guy from Barry who's the, the guy lawyer. from Barry and stuff like that. I was like, okay. Um, and then Kit and Kittridge is there, but then he's confusing. So Kittridge is back, right? So this is, oh, you don't know this. <laughs> Kittridge is in the first one and he's, they brought him all the way back. Um, and he's, I guess the head of the, he's the head. director of the CIA. Yes. But he's not the secretary of the IMF. I, I don't know who the secretary Wasn't is. Wasn't it Alec Baldwin or Jeremy Renner? One yes, more? but Alec Baldwin's dead. Right. Oh yeah, he's dead. He died in the last one. So I thought Kittredge was going to be the secretary. Maybe he is. What's his name? That guy from, from Operation Fortune. He's the di- He says he's like the director of national intelligence. What the fuck yeah. is that? Is he in charge? He's like in the head of the NSA or FBI I don't, or something? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. They got all those people on typewriters. That's a fun. That's fun. Ty- that is kind of neat. Yeah, the whole like it's putting analog. analog. Sure, yeah. I was like, I was thinking like, I wonder where they're keeping those people so they don't leak all this information. Because, like, if you're just in a big room full of people typing away, someone's got to be like, and I'll take a little bit of this classified information. And- oh, I guess it literally, it's a cabinet level official. It's literally just the director of national intelligence. Okay. Yeah. There it is. Not to be confused with the director of central intelligence. The DNI, supported by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, ODNI, provides the president's daily brief, a top secret document containing intelligence from all IC, uh, intelligence community, agencies handed each morning okay so that is exactly kind of what they show in the movie here. yeah um but then there's this weird thing where he doesn't know About, what the imf is and they don't want to tell so him. here's the thing this movie and i maybe this shouldn't bother me because it's i guess largely irrelevant but it does oh yeah they do some weird stuff with the lore of what the imf 
is. is in ways that I don't really get. So he doesn't know what that is, but everyone else in that room does. And they don't want to tell him. And they don't want to tell him. I don't know what that's about, but Kittredge is fine with telling him. Again, he's the head of the CIA now. I guess he's not in the IMF anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In a lot of these movies, the CIA and the IMF are shown to be kind of antagonistic, right? That was a thing in Fallout. Yes. Yeah. Henry Cavill was CIA. a CIA agent who was like trying to wrangle him or whatever. And I just, I guess I just don't care. Like, and, and I don't know, some of it, it's like too corny is what it comes down to for me for a lot of it. The mm-hmm. way they talk about the IMF and stuff in it's, I think, emblematic of a whole thing with the progression of Ethan Hunt as a character across these movies. And <clears throat> not to get too like into the weeds about it, but I think it's maybe like a trend in movies and storytelling in general to like, perhaps because of superhero movies and stuff, it's something I've seen talked about before. And it kind of makes sense to me is that like, because of superhero movies being so successful, there's kind of this push to like deify and and make into sort of superheroes, like a lot of characters. Yeah. Right. Because in like Marvel, right. The characters are the IP. Yeah. Right. They are the focus. And I feel like they're kind of doing that. Because it's Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. Yeah. It's not just like, he does the missions anymore. It's like, and this one more than any of them before is centered around him as like a guy. Yeah. They need to get him. And it's all about him. And he's, and again, this has been building for a couple, right? Rogue Nation has this, the scene where Alec Baldwin's like, he's the, he's a pure manifestation of destiny. And you're like, okay, Alec Baldwin, which I remember liking just fine at the time, but it's, it was a bit much. And then Rogue Nation ha- or um, Fallout has a thing where, um, Henry Cavill, right? He's like, He's a man who's he's been pushed every time and, and you know, you always make him go rogue and everything and how many times can you like push a man like that? How many times can you do that before he breaks and he and now he's rogue for real or yeah. whatever, right? Cause, and he was trying to convince him that he actually was the bad guy kind of thing, right? And then you put that with this one where there's the whole thing they where call him like an embodiment of chaos. Someone calls him an embodiment of chaos. It's and, that American dude. Yeah, and Kittredge is like the IMF never fails and you can't stop them and they and it's like I know they do the whole, like, should you choose to accept it thing, but they act like in this movie that that's a literal choice. Choice? And they can just choose to not? Not really. It's so weird because this movie also ch- changes his established lore to make it that he's... The reason he got into the IMF in the first place was a self-serving reason, right? Yeah. He didn't do it for, like, the greater good. He did it against his own will, basically. Because it's, this this changes the lore for evidently everyone, which makes it so that the IMF is made up of, like... Convicts? Yeah, like prison recruits, right? Which is a common enough trope or whatever. Mm. It's been done in things, right? A suicide Squad-esque It's kind of like a Suicide Squad-esque thing. I feel like, is it is that part of Operation Fortune? No. I was trying to think. There's definitely some, like, spy movie. I mean, I guess it's kind of... Am- I was trying to think. There was definitely, like, some of them where it's literally, there's, like, a scene where it's, like, we get them out of prison and you're going to join our team or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, it's a common of thing, but that's never been said before to be the point, right? Mm. And like Luther also says it's about him, right? Well, well, so what it is, we get a new backstory for Ethan Hunt, which is that the reason he's in the IMF is because he was framed for murder, basically, of someone by close Gabriel. to him by Gabriel, who then comes back. And I hate that shit. Like I said, I always dislike, and I think when we talked about the Craig era Bond movies, right? I probably mentioned this, maybe? I don't know. As much as I love those movies, I hated the focus that those movies also did, which was like, it's all about James Bond, right? And the villains know him, and they're from his past and all this. Mm -hmm. That just feels unnecessary to me. The whole point of these characters are just, they're just spies, and you just give them a mission. They do the mission. And they do it. I just don't know if you need these, like, 
actually, there's even more stakes because he knew this guy. They were friends once, maybe, kind of, sort of. Right? Is that... Do you hear me? No, I get what you're saying. I'm thinking of Japan. Is that necessary? I don't think it is. To do a thing where it's like, actually, I know this guy from the past. He... Literally a line of this, he's like, he he made... In a very real sense, he made me who I am today. What? He said in a very real sense, though, and I was like, hey, we say that. We say that, yeah. Because the lore is that he was in the military. He just, like, went to college and graduated, and then he was, like, an officer in the military, and then they recruited him. You know, he was just an officer in the army, and they recruited him. Yeah. That's what happens. And so where's this... Yeah, I, I thought that this guy appeared in the first three movies, and I just... Because I haven't seen those, that I was like, oh, I just, I'm missing out, so I don't understand what's going on. First time this ever happened. And then, to come to find out, no. No, this is the first time that's ever been alluded to, that woman has ever been shown... What did they say her name is? Marie or something? Maria? Who fucking cares? Sophia, some bullshit like that. That's the first time she's ever been mentioned or alluded to or anything. Again, especially because it's not... It changed the whole thing because it really does make it so that he joined because he had to. And I guess the idea is he's changed and he's become about the greater yeah, good and He become death destroyer of worlds. Well, that's the thing is like, again, they hammer it home so hard in these movies about how like he loves everyone and he's the, he wants to save the whole world and he's the best guy who's ever lived, right? He's the most selfless man who's ever lived. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, it's weird when you've literally changed his origin so that he was recruited because he had no other choice. Right? There's that scene in the last movie where Luther is like, Ethan can't have a girlfriend or whatever because he loves everyone too much. He loves the whole world. <laughs> right? You remember this? Really, yeah. And then there's like, in this one, he's like, I I promise you, your wife will always be worth more to me than my own. Woman like, I just okay. met. Woman I, and you're like, I get it. He, he, everyone's life is worth more to him. Fine. But again, that's not... It's weird that you, in this very same movie, you change his origin so that it was he was recruited out of prison. And then also, they said... They've all been given a choice like that. Again, as if that's the only way you get into the IMF. And it gives it does give context retroactively to the f- scene in the beginning when the guy brings him, the courier guy brings him his mission, right? Because mm-hmm. he's like, you made the right choice. And so we know that means that guy was also in some kind of situation where they recruited him out of. Fine. He but the thing prison. about Luther, right, is that Ethan, he's only in these movies because Ethan recruits him in the first movie. When he's on the run, when he's like completely rogue. And so like... He wasn't recruited in the IMF by the normal channels. And a guy who was on Ethan hunted when he was yeah, on yeah when he was on, on a run, whim. he needed his help. So I, that's weird. I don't remember if we've ever gotten Benji's before, but that's fine. I guess if you want to say that's his thing too, it just doesn't really track. No, no. The other thing. So they they very much get into like within the context of the film itself, they mention him going rogue, which again. Is something they've done for like three movies in a row now, where they yeah. within the movie themselves are like, he always goes rogue, you know, haha. And I don't like that. Like, I don't. Y- don't be poking out. It's like the Batman thing in the Flash. Don't be pointing that out. I, right. No need to point that out. I don't think so. Like, I get like hanging a lampshade on it kind of thing, right? To be like, mm-hmm. well, if we mention it, it's fine. But I don't know if it is, and I just think it makes it more. It makes it worse for me, honestly. Yeah, I don't love that. You're doing it on purpose now. The fact that they're literally like, he goes rogue. It's what he does every time. That's his whole mo. He goes rogue. Okay. I get you're right, but you guys are writing the movie. You didn't have to make him go rogue. The kid has not gone rogue this time. Because, again, there's that scene in the last movie where Henry Cavill's like, he goes rogue. How many times can you make him go rogue before he breaks on you? And it's just like, Evidently, one more time. Evidently. And especially, and they even have a scene where the one guy's like, the one CIA guy's like, yeah, but do, maybe he goes every he goes rogue every time, but then he's always right. Do you think maybe he's right this time, too? And the guy's like, what are you at? Who, whose side are you on? It's like, he's right. Yeah, he's, He goes rogue every movie, and then at the end, they're all like, you've been vindicated, Ethan Hunt. Oh, you saved the world. You've, you've cleared your name and saved us all, huh? Because you went rogue. It's like, wait, again, you just didn't need to make that plot again. No. I just feel like there's a lot of that in this movie where I'm just like, you didn't need to do this again. 
it just feels very much like they're really settled into their ways of like making these movies mm-hmm. with the same plot elements and the same thing. Again, hammering home like Ethan Hunt's the most selfless man who's ever lived, and he loves his friends and He'll he loves do the anything. world. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Benji finds a bomb in an airport. That's all right. They get a they get a print of his voice to mimic later. They kill. Spoiler. What's her face? Ilsa. She dies. My mom. Rebecca point, Ferguson. My mom pointed out. I didn't love it. No, my mom had a point because I saw it with my parents. She's like, why did the jewel thief who isn't a spy do better in the knife fight than the spy with the sword? I hated that. And that's I'm not usually one to pick at this kind of stuff. But yeah, she had a sword. That should have she should have just and killed him. And she's a trained killer. Yeah. But also it's just like that's so lopsided. I I, I guess by movie logic they both have bladed weapons and so you whatever, but you don't, you can't win a sword fight with a knife. Mm-hmm. You just would get. She should have just stabbed it. There were so many scenes where I'm like, she can just uh, she can just stab him there, and yeah. he can't stab her because the sword has more reach. Yeah, it's three feet. Stupid. And I didn't she, like that. Even if he doesn't get hit, he's on the back foot. Like she can sweep in front of her. It's just it's not even. Yeah, there's nothing about that that like. No. Yeah, I hated that. I thought that was really stupid as well. I don't know. Do you? Th- what do you feel about her death overall? Was that like earned? I felt or- nothing. I kind of felt the same way. I, I just didn't care. They also didn't do. They didn't say much about it as I would have thought either. There's so many they parts in this movie quick. where they don't speak. They also fake out her death in the beginning, which I didn't think was real. Um, but then I, I always hate that when you fake out her death and then actually kill do her. kill that same character. I don't know. I mean, like, would you, do you say this? Would you say this borders on like fridging? Because I, I think it would, especially when they're like, they establish, oh, this thing in his past that you never knew about was motivation for him to join the IMF or whatever, and if, now we killed another woman in his present, that, and that's that more motivation. Lady in the past definitely got fridged, because she's never existed before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then to do it again, and it's the same guy, and it's like, look, it, that's why he hates this guy so much and everything. I don't... Especially because she's, she's really good in these movies. Oh, yeah, for sure. And... I don't know. They, I don't. Again, they had that scene in the last movie where Luther's like, he can never have a girlfriend again after his wife, I guess. And it's it's weird how resistant they've been to doing any kind of love interest with him in these mm-hmm. last couple. I I would say I don't know. I guess you don't have to. I mean, we we say that, right? You don't gotta kiss the girl. Yeah, every the, time. the boy and the girl don't always have to kiss, but it is at some point it feels almost pointed. Yeah. In the sense that they have been have like developing their relationship across the past three of these, and it never actually goes anywhere went there but again i guess they're just friends or whatever they do a hug in venice they also do the same thing though again i just don't when they're like in the beginning of this one ilsa's on the run again and like she's rogue and again there's a thing where like this this happens every time ethan she goes rogue and you drag her out of it and then he just does and it's like yeah why is that why yeah, why, why are you just have... doing the same thing again i don't get it stop making her go rogue you don't have you guys wrote it why are you like why are you writing the exact same thing? Where in the beginning she's completely rogue and he has to go drag her out of it. they're saving cinema. I don't know, though. Did they save cinema, Jack? Here's the thing. They didn't. This movie cost almost $300 million, because well, every movie well, does almost, now. Okay, but almost. You mean like 250 maybe 291 Very nearly. It's opening to maybe $78 million is what it's projected to do in its five-day <sighs> open. That's not incredible. No, that's for a movie we can establish. Now, apparently they do better overseas, but... I don't know. I, I That's probably why there wasn't a lot of dialogue in some parts. <laughs> I wonder if it's gonna match if it's gonna match Fallout or not. And it certainly costs more than Fallout. Yeah, when Time Gyms have a plane. hmm Well and it's it's insane because do you know what Fallout costs? No. Bring it up again. Two hundred and ninety million dollars. It it did not come out, tell you that. One hundred and seventy eight. Which seems like That's chump oh change. Oh my god. They wish. I, I Jack, they all wish they could they make moves for that again. And again, I think that movie's better. Way better. And it also feels like it has more action. That's the thing. So 
I feel like this didn't, it was kind of lacking on action sequences, really. There's the Rome one, and there's the train one, and then there's, like, running around... The airport. The airport, and that one's alright, but that's not very action-y, I guess. Just kinda, I don't know. It's more espionage And there's, like, the night, like, party one, which, there's a bit of fighting in that, but... That night party one goes on for a hundred billion years, and I hated it. There's so many close-ups, Tom Cruise's teeth are off-center... They, I they talk so slowly. Feel like in general, a thing I had with this is that I feel like overall the tone of this one is a bit like I don't know. It's a bit it's a bit too somber. It's like a bit melodramatic this one, and I think maybe it's because it is like this is the finale kind of thing or part one of the finale at least. But I, I don't know. There was a lot of like this is super serious and sad and shit, and I'm just I don't think that really fits this franchise. No, it's this has always been more kind of like goofy, lighthearted. There's like a bunch of gadgets and stuff. Yeah, even more so than like. Than, than, like, James Bond, right? Yeah. I would say this, especially the new crop of James Bond ones, at least, are pretty melodramatic all the way through, at least. Obviously, the old James Bonds are pretty goofy, too, but... Yeah. I would say, like, at least the the Craig-era Bonds were all kind of consistent in tone. Um, it may, A little bit more so for the last one, because it was his last one and everything and all that. But this one, I don't know. It, it feels like a departure from the franchise in a bigger way, to just be super serious. And I feel like it really is... That's why it's longer. Right, some, it's because it feel like they take a lot of time to be like, ooh, here's everyone's reaction and we're going to just like sit here. And I don't know, people like, one of the things people like is that these movies are, despite being so action heavy, they they often are pretty good vehicles for some actual, you know, good character acting. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I, I think maybe it just went a little bit too much in this one. Like we need to, and with the, the music's all dramatic and sad and shit. Swell and all this. Yeah. I thought that train sequence went on, at least the, no, not the whole train sequence. The ending when they're like, when they're slowly falling into the river, I'm like, just like, kept going. We're doing they, every they went, car. They ran through like four cars, and I was like, surely they're not gonna keep going. And I'm like, oh, and here's the one with the piano in it. <laughs> cool. Let's talk about any of the uh, people. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. He's doing Tom Cruise. Um, he's running a lot. He's running a lot in this one. Did the big jump off the cliff that they're all we're talking about? Yeah, I I guess it didn't hit as much because they've been doing it so much. They right? keep showing it. I mean, I saw him dri- drive off that cliff in like 2020. When like the behind the scenes footage of it leaked, and we've seen all the behind the scenes stuff already of it too. That's been that's yeah, already been they out keep there. Keep talking about it, and it's in the trailer. Like the the coolest part is in the trailer, the part where he actually gets off the cliff. And I mean, there's like him skydiving after the fact, but that's how I was waiting for the moment. I was like, all right, where's that scene we gotta watch? The guy next to me gasped when he did the jump, and I was like, really? I mean, it'd be cool if I hadn't seen it and didn't know, maybe. But well, what do you we have gasped? Know. Probably not. I, I we talk about this. I don't. I couldn't tell the last time I audibly gapped at him. Gapped. Audibly gasped at a movie at all. But probably Last Jedi. Maybe ship goes through. It might have. I might have not... gasped when they killed Snow. I might have been. Like, oh. but, I might have uh, gasped when they did the casino. Because like, oh my god, this is the worst. <laughs> um. But I guess we have no emotion. I think we're just curmudgeons. Yeah, maybe we are. Until I see Oppenheimer, and I'll be agape. And by that point, I was like. I guess I was tuned out of the movie enough. Yeah, where it hadn't it hadn't grabbed me by that point. So I don't know. I I do like the the train falling kind of part. Um, but it did probably go on for one or two too many cars. Where I'm like, I couldn't stand Gabriel. Okay, so yeah, let's get into Gabriel then. He was too. I guess he was too much of a fucker. Just like he's like, I do whatever I want because I the AI is my friend. He really is so vague too about like what the fuck the AI is or how it works or anything. Like it just predicts the future. What do you think? Like the idea is that it just became sentient. It was like, well, this is what I need to do because I know better, which is a common enough thing, I guess. But yeah, like why does Gabriel on board with it? Where did he come from? This guy that Tom Cruise thought was dead. Again, that's that's the danger with like 
introducing a character that you then retroactively say was integral to this character to Tom Cruise's origin. Right? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? And what he the doesn't fuck's... exist. He has no facial recognition. He the AI the AI is his ally. Like who is this guy? And I guess maybe well, I'm sure we'll follow up more of this in the next one. But like, what is the deal with the backstory thing? I, I don't want to. I guess that is like yeah, they'll cover that. So I don't want to you know say that's like a flaw or anything. But it still doesn't make it satisfying for this very movie. Very good. No. Um, Haley Atwell. Yeah. So she's a she's a newcomer to this. A lot of people, big fans of her. Um, performance in this which sure yeah. i've seen a lot of people being like oh, it's her it's Haley's Haley atwell's movie she really steals the show from tom cruise and stuff i don't know if i would fully agree with that um i don't know she's good i mean i like Haley out Haley atwell a lot so yeah. i thought it was interesting i didn't really know going in what kind of character she was so it's interesting that she's like a thief like this self-serving thief kind of character she used to all the spy stuff yeah in a lot of ways she's like a foil to ethan hunt in a big way because yeah she's not very good at all the spy stuff and also she's kind of this self-serving not great person which is i guess everything he's not so that's that's kind of neat um i don't know if they're pursuing like do you think they're setting them up to be like a romantic pairing it seems like kind of seems like it, but i don't know he just but he was maybe with elsa that's what i mean they seemed a little bit more like i don't know touchy-feely in this one at least yeah, they were hugging before. each other in venice they're all over each other but again it never really never really like they don't kiss or anything to where you'd be like oh well that's definitely romantic so they could just be friends or whatever they were but, just very good friends which is all right um but yeah i don't know i guess I, the idea that like i guess i like where she leaves off where she does make the choice to join the imf or whatever and then kit ridge is like all right okay, okay. See you. Yeah. so i assume there's going to be some kind of at least enough of a gap with the next one where she's going to return being trained trained and skilled and stuff right do you think i would hope or they'll pick up right where we left off and nothing will change um what's your uh we got that other villain i think she's called paris right paris palm palm Quintif. palm Quintif. the fuck was that Nothing. i liked her actually oh, uh, i like to like where she ended she kind of comes out of nowhere I, I well no i mean i guess they're the it's weird because i don't know the the mission brief in the beginning tells ethan hunt that they're gonna be in it that like gabriel and palm country are there but then he doesn't seem to recognize him until he sees him in person the first time and then he's like who's this guy and it's like that's the they told you in the brief that those guys were there, right? I I, I, uh, I didn't remember. I didn't remember who... He says bounty... The brief is like, there's these two bounty hunters that are right, after yeah. Ilsa. And it's it's Gabriel and Pam Quantif. I, I thought he kills the one bounty hunter. Then he kills both those bounty hunters at the beginning. When? When they're in the desert. I thought he I, th- I thought he killed both of them. And they were just like... Just random faceless goons that we never see? Yes. We never see any of those guys' faces, so... I thought they were just faceless goons. Truthfully. Okay, maybe they are then. But that'd be fucking stupid. That would be. I I hope it's not. Maybe I just. I thought I thought so, but maybe I am wrong because it's kind of confusing either way. Yeah, not a great movie. I liked. I did like. That's maybe my very favorite moment of the whole thing is the way her story ends, she, or maybe not. She she might not actually be dead, but she got a pulse. Yeah, she had a pulse. So, but the way Tom Clemente's story ends, which is Tom Cruise, he doesn't kill her when he could have because he's a good guy, and then the entity is like. She's gonna betray us because Tom Cruise didn't kill her, so she's gonna tell him. What she's gonna tell him what he needs to know because he spared her. And so then Gabriel leaves her for dead. But that causes him, and that maybe causes it, right? Yeah. Which is an interesting way that like the AI can't really see beyond itself. Yeah. Which I think that's interesting, and that's kind of speaks to like how they would beat him, right? It's like you know humanity and sure. kindness and stuff, and avoiding destiny and gonna meet it yeah, kind of thing. Because like you can't predict how like a. A, just a good guy will act right because the other thing is that like the the 
entity is certain that Tom Cruise is either going to fail and die or he'll kill Gabriel and then not learn where it, where is. it is. But he's able to not do that. He does lose Gabriel, but he finds out where it is. But he, and he gets the key. And he, yes. Again, because Tom Clentief tells them. Because Gabriel tried to kill her to stop her from saying it. Which I, I think that's an interesting way. It shows the flaw in it, right? Which is cool. Out that he wants to destroy it. And he's like, it's afraid of you because you're not going to. It can't can't reason with you because you want to destroy it. You don't want anything you're the only it. good dude in the world. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Like, except for that, that other guy. Who's like Who? the other American dude who's agent who's like, yeah, yeah. I think maybe Tom Cruise is, that one, is, a, yeah. is a good guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it couldn't be. I'm, I don't remember that guy from the movies. What was, what was the reason they were running around? They just wanted the key. Why were they chasing Ethan Hunt? Because he was rogue? Because he's rogue. That's the only reason? Okay. Because they know... They knew that the Americans even knew that Ethan Hunt wanted to destroy, destroy it. it, and okay. they don't. And they they, don't they want, want it too, of course. But I can't. T- where does Kittredge fall on it? Does Kittredge want it or not? He's not supposed to be in that train, I guess. He's not in that train. So maybe he's going against. Is he going against the other Americans to kind of like override? Yeah, is that it? Do you think? Because he does want to destroy it. He wants to help destroy it. Or does he not? Does he want it for himself? I don't. I don't know either. We got a whole four years till the next one comes out to really ruminate. They do the thing where the. Machine breaks, the mask machine breaks, which I guess wouldn't have bothered me. It's like a plot device if they didn't already do that. They do that in four, where they're like, we had to alter the plan because the machine broke. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. She didn't buy, she didn't fix the machine or learn how to fix them faster. It just, bro- but it just broke. I mean, unless, I, I thought it was hacked. But it's, they don't really say that. But I kind of thought that was going to be the thing too, but they never confirm one or the other. And again, that happened in one of the in four. The machine does just break and it just doesn't work, and they, so it's an established thing that they're kind of finicky, I guess. But so there you go. Yeah, I thought it changed your eye color. Yeah, I don't remember that ever un- being a flaw before. Because then, because I'm like, well, Haley, I'm like, she looks so different with brown eyes. You would tell, especially if you were her fucking number two bodyguard. I think you would notice immediately how she looked and stood. And I don't know why they did that. They've never done that before in these movies, to my knowledge. Why wouldn't she be wearing the same clothes? Why is she wearing a different outfit? I feel like they would have done better about that. I don't know. Why is she wearing a David Bowie, Jerry Seinfeld pirate shirt? They usually are like very on top Detail. of that. That's like the whole point. <laughs> it's always cool when they take them off. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know why. I, I, did they think we wouldn't understand? Yes. Maybe, but that, again, that's never a thing they've done in these movies before. Has been like we need to really make sure they know. I don't know. I mean, it's that thing where like you get the fun thing of an actor pretending to be the other actor pretending to be them. That's fun. So you know, in this one, it's Vanessa like a Kirby. Helen the Bottom Carter. Yes, like Helen the Bottom Carter, or like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Mission Impossible Three. He's right, pretending yes. to be Tom Cruise, pretending to be him. So it's kind of fun. Um, because then for a large part of the climax, there Haley Atwell isn't even playing herself really. So that's neat, I guess. But and again, she yeah. almost gets a hundred million dollars, and then she's like, "It's not about the money, I guess." But why did she, why did it decline? Why is it a final like accept? I feel like in the decoding, it would just give it to her. Don't worry about. It. Okay, I'll stop. Um, the the director of intelligence guy just gets killed, so he won't be back in the next one. Slash his throat. He's yeah. open. He's open for Operation Fortune too. Thank goodness. We can hope, yeah. We can only we can hope. dream. Dare to dream. Uh, should we talk about how when the next movie is gonna come out, like next year, because they're yeah, they're filmed so both you'd at think once. You would say like, wow. Next year, that's why it took him three years to make this movie, right? Yeah. You would say. And that, that's why Tom was just yelling at all those people in, like, 2020. And good on I mean, you know, you got to lay down the law, I guess. Yeah. Um, but no, it is, like, indefinitely delayed right now because of the strikes, because the script wasn't finished yet. The script wasn't so finished. So, I don't, I don't know. Wouldn't it be crazy if it never came out because the movie didn't perform well? Wouldn't that be, I mean, it wouldn't because Tom Cruise is going to be like, I'm going to get this made. 
but apparently it was okay. So according to this, it was supposed to come out next year, which is what we definitely we definitely heard that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let me let me double check. But I thought that like I had heard that it literally hadn't even begun pre-production. Pre-production. Okay, it had already started filming, I guess. Um, a production break was taken to pr- for promotion on the current one, and filming was set to restart. Uh, but apparently, it's not going. It's at this point, it's definitely not going to resume. Right, because of the action strike. But I thought I heard even before that that it was in dire straits because of the writer's strike as well. So there you go. Hmm. Well, there it is. <sighs> Wish it was. Oh, a- what a film! It's certainly a movie. A good movie? I didn't really. No, not a good movie. I, I don't know. Again, maybe part of it is that we expect a little too much, but I just this one did not resonate with me in the same way. I don't know. Again, I think it's. T- I really do think a big part of it is definitely the tone and like it's a little too like fucking dramatic. Like, oh, everything's down at salt. And it's like I get it. Again, I, as much as like I, I guess there's a fine line to walk between like doing the things that people expect out of your movies and just if this one fa- feels so paint by numbers. And again, I I don't love. I really don't like the the, the way they call attention to it within the movie. That only works. So many times. Yeah. They'd be like, he's going rogue like he always does, right, guys? He's unstoppable. He's a, he's the embodiment of chaos, isn't he, guys? He's a shape-shifting, magical being of chaos. They have to get Elsa out of trouble every time, don't they, guys? Yeah, okay. But also, why would Ethan Hunt be an agent of chaos when he's the one stopping it? I thought so. He established his order again. He's chaos, he's destiny, he's everything. Again, it feels like, it feels too much. That in this, even within the universe, there's this meta-textual thing of like, Ethan Hunt's the most badass man who's ever lived. He's unkillable. Okay. So, I don't know, man. Especially coming off of Fallout. Again, you just can't be... Gotta be Fallout. so good. And like... Cool your head. You know, that had really strong villains, so compare that to this one. And they had the thing of like, you had the carry the guy who carried over from Rogue Nation, right? Mm. And obviously you had Henry Cavill, both really good. To replace them with this guy who you're retconning into being whatever and fucking an AI. An AI. Bad choice. Don't love it. I don't love it. No, not at all. I don't even know how and the weird the way they leave it off is like kind of weird because it does feel it feels so much like a part 1 where the whole thing is just to get the key. It feels so much like smaller in scope. They don't really stop or alter anything in this one. They just get the key, and the so now they just have to. It's weird though, because how are you going to have a whole movie about finding we the get sub. the sub? Subs in one spot at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, I don't know. That'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, it probably won't be interesting. Yeah, it might be. They're they're going to do more to it than that, but I mean, he's going to die. I mean, they they kill all the other heroes. They killed John Wick. They killed. They did kill all my heroes. Yeah, you think so? They all get it. I'm sure. Who cares? I can't imagine he's going to. It's got to be his last one, right? It's gotta be his last one. At I least. saw a quote saying that he'd love to make him till he was eighty, like Harrison Ford. They gotta change though. He can't do this every time. No, he can't do his own stunts and be the hero. But what else is there? I don't know. Could he, sa- I yeah, don't know. give Simon Peg a turn? No, but they're all yeah, old. Though. They're That's all the thing. thing. <laughs> they're all very old. Not very old, but they're older. It's like when they were replacing with Jeremy Renner or whatever. But Jeremy Renner's in his forties or whatever. So. And and he got run over by a snowmobile. That's true. That's not doing. And they cut favors. off all his limbs or something. No, he's 52 as well already, so... Jeepers. But they did. You can't be Hawkeye anymore. It's illegal to say they're cutting out Jimmy Renner's limbs. So I guess I was a little dramatic. They are. They have filmed some of it and whatnot, but... Well, that's good. If they didn't finish the script, that'd be f- fucking insane. I don't know why. I, I don't know where I'd read or third that. I guess it, they must have... Well, maybe they haven't finished it, but they have... Started it? Started It's in some Form. state of... of Completion. <laughs> Completion, yeah. Doneness. Doneness. It's in a it's in a certain state of completeness, and it's you know obviously if there's one thing we've learned from these writers, the writer strike here is it's really revealed how much stuff gets done 
on the day and you know after the fact and stuff. So mm. even like actually, what was it? Um, it was the boys. The boys should is like in some dire straits here with season four because of the strike. Because after all the principals done, they need to you know they do pickups and they oh, see yeah. kind of what stuff you need a little connective tissue for, and they'll they'll write and film other scenes to just make everything flow better. And they can't do that right now. So. Oh, man, I think we almost got the boys within a year. Almost. Well, can't win them all. We got anything else to say about Mission Impossible? No. Perfect. Let's... Weird. I don't. We dragged it pretty heavily just then. I really didn't hate it. I think I liked it a little more than you did, at least. I. It's one of the movies where I'm fine seeing it once, and I'll never, probably never revisit. But again, it. part of it's just like I. Re- I really loved Fallout so much. It's very good. I just think, and it's and again, it's weird to me seeing how many people are saying like this is the same. Like, this is also a five out of, Like, he did it again, and he saved cinema, and it's it's on par with the rest of them. I just don't think it is. He did it more with propaganda, too, more propaganda. I think so. I mean, people are too high on him after that, I guess. But he's really... He's he's become something more in the past couple of years. Become... He's the savior death. of cinema. He's like... He's just, he's all the... He's like the greatest... He's this, you know... He's a quintessential action star. And the steward of cinema, and he's protecting, and he's he brought it all back, and he saved it, and he loves he loves movies more than anyone who's ever lived or whatever, and so. But it's like I really just don't think this is that hot. Yeah, just not. Well, what can you do? I don't know. Well, well, I can take out of this now into what do you know? Secret Invasion. Sure. So we're into Secret Invasion now, Episode Four, uh, Beloved, right? Or my beloved, Beloved. Uh, so this episode is all about Fury's sacrifices, according to the. The description of the episode. And we start off with his wife. Oh, we, uh, no, with a flashback to 2012 in Paris. After the Avengers, first Avengers. Yeah. Where Fury meets up with his wife and she's. They're talking about, like, oh, what about these heroes? Did you have something to do with it? He's like, oh, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Oh, I'm sneaky like that. She's like, oh, I know you've got a strong sense of righteousness and you're great. And they talk about some poems how uh, they'd read. She, like, she's reading. And the poem comes up later, just about if her life was worth it and being loved by others and having a place on earth to call your own and a bunch of hippie bullshit or whatever. Uh, and then the next scene is Gaia, right? Well, doesn't it open with us revealing, revealing that Gaia was alive the whole time? That's the very first scene, isn't it? I thought the other one was the first scene, but perhaps it is. In any case, Gaia is alive. She's alive. because She made, she her made herself a super scroll before. Makes sense. Actually. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Fine. Um... Uh, she's back. She's like, I'm alive. She has a conversation with Talos. Talos, where they seem to be on pretty decent terms again, but... Kind of. And Talos is like, the government totally going to give us what we want if I hand over Gravik. And she's like, what? Which is weird. It it does feel weirdly naive out of him, gotta say. He's like, no, they'll totally believe us. I, I can't really fault her on this one to be like, what are you doing? Why do you think this? Um, I, I will say, like, overall, I, I actually did find this to be one of the stronger ones so far. Um, I thought the conversation stuff were good, which, again, has been this show's strengths is yeah. like these character moments and people getting to just sit in a room and do some acting i um so I, I enjoyed that overall i did enjoy the one with his wife in the in the thing in the coffee shop or whatever and then later on when they or well before that we we, we do get the thing with his wife and uh you know the payoff of last week right mm. which is that she is in contact with roadie with roadie who is a scroll we don't actually see until after that but i mean that Pretty directly confirms, yeah, right? They're talking about the, graphic. Yeah, they're talking about the plot and everything. <clears throat> so they're like, "You got to do it. You got to, you got to kill your husband or whatever." So I guess she's been. I mean, I guess it. It really depends when the insurgency started and stuff. I guess mm. that would kind of pick up after 
he left or whatever, but for, you know, in whatever way, she's part of it, and they're like, you gotta kill him. And then we have this scene where they meet up. At their house. At their house. And they're all like, what, what, what's the deal? What are we doing here? Put their guns on the table. They're like, I know you're here to kill me. Let's let's chat one last time. And they talk about the woman that she picked, to, like she, she copied or whatever, which I thought that was an interesting scene. Yeah, it was. Kind of wild. She's like, yeah, I found someone who would never told anyone she had a heart disease and held, hid it from her entire family. I do think that was kind of a hard sell, right? Yeah. Is that she's like, all right, you got to assume my life and you can pretend, you got to continue to be a, a daughter to my, although I can't imagine her parents are still around, right? But no. Regardless. Um, and all that. And I was like, that is weird that somehow you went, she went from like being d- hours from death to then being fine and no one knew. And how did she get the body out to bury it at sea? She buried an unmarked grave randomly out at sea. Well, all burials at sea are unmarked. I guess it's true. Little, little. <laughs> you just throw them in the ocean. Google Maps. As far paint. as I understand it, <laughs> tie a little anchor to a coffin. Sure. Yeah, just toss her. You still, it's not marked. I guess you don't know true. where it's going to end up. Yeah, but but the hospital. Yeah, it's. How did she get the body from the family? Did she just tell them? I, Maybe little... she was like, "I'm just going to dip, guys. I'm going to leave." And then they went out there, and then like she died. At seeing the true over, and then she just assumed her identity and came back and was like, "Actually, I was fine the whole time." She did not have a, a, a degenerative heart disease. I don't know. It doesn't really make a ton of no. And the, it's fine. I I do think that's an interesting thing. Yeah. And then they both. I don't know why this woman would have cared about him though, because she says one of the conditions is that I couldn't hurt you, which is weird, but fine. Sure. And they it. don't. They don't. They both don't shoot each other, which is nice. I have a good time, and then just kissing him, and then she goes like, "Would have been better if I was just a scroll the whole time and not this." And he goes. We'll never know. And I was like, damn, Fury. I thought he was going to leave without answering. I'm like, that's kind of an answer in itself if you don't answer that question. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of one answer you can give. And yeah. You're like, oh, no, you should have been you or whatever. Um, and Fury talks about her being his weakness or something because he loves her, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, then and I'll he look- was like, he kind of implies that he knew all along or whatever. Yeah. Or at least he maybe not specifically that she was going to be a problem as much as he just shouldn't let anyone in kind of thing, I guess would be the logic, right? Yeah. But anyone too close to him seems uh, to turn out all right, and then she probably fills him in, right? Mm-hmm. Tells him all the secrets, presumably that Rhodey's a scroll and all that. Rhodey's like a if he didn't scroll? anticipate, yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool, right? Yeah, I thought that was actually an interesting touch. Mm-hmm. Why not, right? Yeah, turn to anybody. I saw someone in one of the reviews say that they should have just done that in Mission Impossible when they were like, "We only got the one mask. What are we gonna do? Put it on Ethan. He's better at this." Yeah, have Ethan just pretty? We know he's not that tall, Jack. Ethan could just pretend to be Vanessa like, Kirby. <laughs> And he'd be really good at it. I feel like I said, very short. Then we don't need her at all. He could do all of it and escape himself. Yeah. Bob drunk. (laughs) We don't have to be like, ooh, we had to climb away from the piano. Makes you wonder why you don't just do that to begin with. But regardless, uh, this actual show. I thought this was another cool scene where just talking, right? Yeah. I think, especially now that Nick Fury knows for certain that he's a scroll, he's like really hamming it up. And I think this is definitely when, you know, obviously... We knew all along Rhodey was probably a scroll, right? Yeah. But would, it definitely, in this episode in particular, I think some of his like mannerisms and he phrases and definitely stuff. definitely plays like, it up more. He seems like, yeah, just a little bit off from the way he's been characterized before. And it obviously explains why. Um, th- Nick and Rhodey like, threatens him. They kind of threaten each other, right? Yeah, yeah. Rhodey's like, look at this video of you shooting hail. And he's like, well, it's graphic. He's like, oh, that'd be great. Use the old alien defense. It's like, well, hold on. If he can prove the aliens can shapeshift, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, they like threaten each other, and Nick Fury's like, "Oh, I guess I'll just leave. You can keep the bottle. Uh, I guess I lose this." But it turns out that it's a liquid tracker. 
So obviously drinks the trap. He was all like, should I not drink this because of poison? And he's like, well, if anything, it'd be nanotech. And he's like, haha. But it just was. It was nanotech. Which, I mean, I guess that's a way to do it. Tell the truth. Throw him off the scent. Yeah. yeah. Um, We got the new president guy. Who I don't think we've ever seen before, have we? We saw him at the beginning. Of what? The show. Right. But this uh, this is the first show, right? Oh, yeah. He's not yes. in like. He's not in any other show. Winter Soldier or anything? No. There's him. He can't be around for too much longer because uh, we know a certain. A certain uh, Archaeologist takes over. That's true. And makes a brave is, new right? world. Is he? Yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> either this show or soon. There you go. Um, and then we end up with a big action sequence, which Gra- I actually thought was pretty cool. Yeah, graphic attacks the convoy. I um, think that's an interesting way to do it. Is to uh, yeah, a big action scene where they attack the presidential motorcade. And they're that's be pretty Russians. sweet. Yeah. Oh yeah. They pull a reverse Call of Duty where the Russians. I was just gonna say this felt very reminiscent, of, which I guess has been their whole plan. The whole. Sirius has been to do a bunch of false flags, but I thought this in particular, I was like, yeah, they're doing like a, very much like Call of Duty. Is it a Modern Warfare game that does that? Yeah, it's Modern Warfare 2. The whole plot is that the Russians fake a terrorist attack on Russian soil where they pretend to be American, even though they're Russian, and then it makes the Russians declare war on United the United States. States and you get World War. Um, so yeah, I, I thought this action sequence was actually pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, we, Gravik uses uh, the Groot powers. Super yeah, super- yeah. That looked okay. And like the Secret Service guys are all defending it. I thought it was cool that like one of the trucks was a big rocket launcher thing. Yes, that was cool. Which I mean, that stuff's accurate. Like those, some of those things are literally just like they got like miniguns and shit in them. Like big, or I, maybe not even miniguns. I think they have like fifty cal, like just big ass machine guns that pop out of the top of some of those. We didn't see that in particular, but it's just in general. That's what they do. <laughs> that's why there's all those SUVs and shit are there because some of those are just big weapons. Yeah, I liked that it was kind of an even exchange. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just like graphics guys just tearing through the highly trained U.S. operatives. Yeah, sure. And it was, then it was like a give and take. They I get would, like a um like a a quick reaction force shows up pretty quickly mm-hmm. to then support them, and then it's pretty even. Um, it wasn't all like super well choreographed. There's a lot of parts where they're all just kind of standing and shooting at each other, which like from very close range, this should be resolved one way or the other pretty quickly. Like yeah, people, we're all just like basically missing each other. We just kind of walk minutes. through open fire without kind of ducking. They just pull the president through into an open car. How was yeah, they're just kind of standing there with no cover um, for a while. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, cause there's a part where graphics, uh, other guy, whatever his name is, he's like, go shoot him. And then he just does. He just like walks over there and then it's like, ah, there he is. I'll shoot at him. It's like, no one saw him or stopped him do that. Yeah. So it's not, it's not perfect by any means, but it's serviceable. It's serviceable. I think it's interesting and fun. I like that Fury's got a bunch of shit in his his car, even though it's it was relatively unassuming. It's also like a fancy shield car, or whatever. Yeah. It's got it's Nick Fury's got to have those. Oh yeah, got that thing on him. Exactly. So that's fun. Uh, Talos goes to save the president. He's because he's super strong. He's breaking the glass because he's not unconscious. And then Talos takes a hit in the shoulder, and he just starts to kind of die and bleed out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he's at least weakened. Yeah, he's weakened, so he's losing his scroll powers. Like he starts to demorph slowly. And then the guy's like, "Oh, an alien! I'm gonna kill him." And he's like, "Whoa, hold on, that's me, but Nick Fury. So. He's with me." It's all right, I guess. Uh, then he they saves the president, and then right. some guys carrying him back. Nick Fury has to choose between Talos and the president. Choose the president. He's like, oh, "I gotta choose the president. I gotta save him first. See, like, look at that. I don't think I'll look here. They're running. They're like fighting like the, the revolution. Yeah. Then he stands up. Look at it's just a. Right here, it's just a line of dudes. Like, oh, yeah. like look at them. None of the look at him. Why shoot him? Why don't they shoot? Because he can't. He just walks out in front of them. They should blow him apart. Yeah, he should be. Demolished. Even if they can't kill him because he's a super score or whatever, there should have at least been a part where they tear him apart with bullets. I mean, yeah. there's like a that. little bit of that. Fury kind of does that, but not enough. Yeah, not enough. Uh, yeah. So then, like the guy who was gonna kill Talos because he was an alien, uh, is just kind of staring at Fury, and Fury gets him, and it's actually 
Gravic. That, it's not, it's Gravic now. Or it was always Gravic, or I don't know. Who and knows? then he just stabs him. And Talos just kind of dies. Do you think he's dead or what? I I think he's dead. My What I was thinking is that he's going to be dead, and then Fury's going to team up with Gaia, and she's going to be the new. Cause she'll, yeah, I actually think he's going to be dead, huh? I think so, because I think he's like... I doubt it. Yeah, I'm, that's true. I do like Ben Mendels. I don't want him to be dead. Well, so far we're one for two, right? We've, we've had three big deaths. Quote, unquote. In four episodes, and... Maybe won't Marie Hill might not be dead. And maybe Marie Hill might not be dead. She's probably dead. Seems like she's probably dead. But then again, she might just be in the last episode. She wouldn't... They asked Kobe Smulders, and she's like, I don't know. Who's to say? That always means they're in it, But though. then it never... You never... Yeah, it could also not... It's gotten so... The whole culture around that's gotten so weird at this point that it doesn't actually mean anything one way or the other. I wish it stop asking. Well, because then people take it either way. No matter what you say... You People can't just win. assume you're in it. Because you either say you're in it or you say they're not in it and everyone does what you just did and they go, well, that means they're in it. So. That's everybody else did. Yeah. Been burned before. So, you know, it's really, it's I guess it's a coin toss, Jay. If if he's really dead or not. Because his, his daughter wasn't actually dead, but Maria Hill maybe was actually dead. Yeah, because I was thinking like his daughter might replace him because she'll be like the middle between him and Gravik. Because mm-hmm. she's not going to be crazy extremist, but she's not as naive as her father is. I could see it going that way, or I could see him just being like, actually, I'm alive and I've learned my lesson. I'm going to be a little bit harder, but sure. I'm trying to keep my scroll scrollmanity, not humanity. <laughs> um, it's hard to tell how durable these guys are or not. Yeah, because they're like punching through steel and glass. Like, and yeah, he's like super strong. It's been shown a couple times, but then it's like, I mean, a bullet's still a bullet, I guess. Yeah. But then Gravik stabs him with like his knife or something. Yeah, and then he's just like, oh, I'm dead. Ooh, I'm dead. So, I don't know. Overall, uh, it's, like I said, I do think it's towards the the top of the episodes. There's only been four, so... Yeah. Not too much. Would it say it's better than two? I really liked the second episode pretty well. I, know, I, did, I really did like this big... This is the biggest action sequence I think we've gotten so far. And I do like the idea of it, even if the execution could do be a little better. So, yeah, I would say probably in terms of action, yeah, it's more interesting than the ones we've gotten thus far. See, and then this part. After Gravik stabs him, he just rides away. Like, when he... F- tur- when he shapeshifts out of... Look it! Because he's just standing with all the other guys. Around And then him. he shapeshifts to not be that anymore. And he's just like, look it. It's me, your enemy. And no one else other than Nick Fury sees him or tries to shoot him. I think that's kind of dumb. One of the Super Scroll abilities is plot armor. So... Like, when he reveals himself, which is a thing he would ne- you should never do, other than for dramatic effect, to be like... Oh, I guess he maybe he shifts because Nick Fury does shoot him. Yeah. But then no one else shoots him. They should all turn and be like, oh shit. But instead, he just... He just walks on. Yeah, Does Nick Fury run out of bullets here? He shoots him twice and stops. I, and no one else heard Nick Fury just shoot? And Nick Fury's just like, holy shit, I can't kill him. He keep trying, though. Uh, Maybe. Surely, I would. Surely he'll run out of power eventually. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like... Can't do it forever. Probably not, but... Who knows? Whatever. So there it is. Secret Invasion. Continues to be kind of middling, I guess. Yeah. It's not as airtight as I would like. It's not as big. It should, Maybe it should have been an Avengers movie? Should have a more build-up, I think. It's, it's, I don't know. Because it feels like this is kind of kind of come and go without having left much of an impression yeah. on the whole universe, which is not really how I feel. This should have been treated. And if you go back to our, our first run of the show, we had such high hopes. Yeah, we really didn't think this was going to be a big Avengers thing. Everyone's going to be in it. And now we have our... I mean, we have it confirmed. We have our one scroll. It's yeah. Rhodey, and we and he's there. It's, it's the only scroll. Hooray! Maybe there'll be more scrolls later. Maybe it'll come up in other movies at this point. It'll be too late because it'll be over. But who knows? They talk about how old, how Nick Fury is broken, how he'll basically die of exhaustion and sadness. But she's hamming it up because she doesn't actually want. Yeah, she doesn't actually want to kill so him. She probably doesn't fully believe that. But partly, probably. probably. He definitely is broken from the blip, and he would be. Sure. Yeah. 
He disappeared. But they've been really hamming that up for like weeks and weeks now about like, ooh, he's broken and he's useless, but he's, I mean, still he's fury. doing all right so far. Yeah, he was, he saved the president. Yeah. Uh, could be doing worse. He could have killed the president, die. They're underestimating him a lot, obviously. But that's what they always do. Well, yeah, it's got to be. It's hero or whatever. It'd be weird if the villains were just right. <laughs> all right. All right, well, I could take out of that. Into Sonny? Let's, let's do some trailers first. Oh, cool. Break it up a little. Perfect. We'll do trailer trash, trailer cash. All right, Wonka, Jack. Three trailers. Wonka, we're doing a Wonka prequel, I guess. What do you think of this movie? It's um, fucking weird, huh? It's weird. At first, I thought it was supposed to be... I didn't know what like age range it was going for. I thought it was... First, I was like, this seems kind of stupid and, and kind of overly goofy, but I'm like, I guess it is Willy Wonka. And then I... And then I kind of got on board, and I was like, okay. I guess it is kind of supposed to be for younger people, younger audience. Do you think he's a good Wonka or what? Um, Not really. Yeah, I don't either. I think he's, yeah, I don't think he's quite whimsical enough. I think Gene, I think Gene Wilder got it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because we've had two others. Has he ever one. had, like, silly, goofy dude energy? No, he's so, like, that's what I'm saying. Like I, That's why I thought this movie was going to be different, because I'm yeah. like, well, it's Timothy Chalamet. He's, like... I like Timothy Chalamet a lot, but he—it's just not the vibe he gets. I don't know. I've he's never much, really. He's much more of like a serious kind of spiritual kind of, not in like a douchey way. He seems like a respectful fellow, I guess, but not in like a whimsical. Yeah, like I'm I gonna s- have my king get stuck in the ground and do a somersault. So you never know if I'm lying, kind of way. Like I saw someone say, it's just like he's Paul Atreides, but nicer. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I kind of see what you mean. Like he's not really. I don't know something about his affectation or like his delivery or his. There's some. It's something. Cadence. It's seemingly know. similar. It feels like he's faking it. Like he's trying to trick someone into thinking he's nice. I don't think that's the point, but it feels like that. Or I'm crazy. And maybe we're crazy. It's just, yeah, it's weird. It's I don't know. I, I like um. I like Tegan Michael Key. I thought he had funny things. Sure. I, when he was the constable, and uh, Hugh Grant's an Oompa Loompa. Yep. That's fun. I think. Yeah, are we gonna see this or not? I guess it depends on the week. <laughs> depends on the. It depends how dry the week is. Deci- There's and, no other movies. Here's the thing. Based on what's going on now, we might only have Wonka. <laughs> we may. Yeah, we we better see Wonka because it might be the last in movie the cold, we ever see. In the see. cold months of 2024, we're gonna we're gonna long for the days when we could at least see Wonka at theaters. <laughs> and the, what a what a world that'll be. What a world. In a world where we had Barbieheimer. God, it's gonna be such. It's it's. Oh. It's, what a time to be alive! Our, we're gonna start watching such, we've we saw so many movies, and we're we still have so many more movies to see. Just so watching, many just watching trailers see. for Mission Impossible. There was like Dune, Napoleon, this movie. There was like another. Um, there's another Godzilla movie coming out. Uh, so that's this year. Yes, not really? not mon- not the MonsterVerse, but like a Japanese Godzilla movie. Oh, okay. Like, it's called Godzilla Minus One. I don't know if I watch that. Well, whatever. Do what you is want. Is it getting an American release like that? Most of those I, don't. I don't know. Do they? Maybe. What is it? What do they call those? Kaiju movies? No, the the specific the Japanese Godzilla ones. Oh, oh. Uh, I know there is a name. Yeah, whatever. I know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that was, that was mostly. I just wanted to make fun of Timothy Chalamet for yeah. It's yeah, he it's doesn't just feel very walk- It's really it really is. It's a also like a weird. So it's it's not a reboot. It's just a prequel, but like. Prequel to which one? Which one? <laughs> because Tim Burton's has a backstory for Willy a lot Wonka. more backstory and stuff. So probably not that one. I Christopher guess. Lee's a dentist in that one. Probably not for that one. No. So it's Gene Wilder's, but or it's just a new one. You know. But yeah, it's a prequel to the book. I mean, I don't know because in Gene Wilder's one, he's a factory in a poor town, and this town it seems to be a bustling town with like a a, a, a lively square yeah. with old timey constables. 
And then he goes to the forest. Are they going to make the Oompa Loompas an allegory for indigenous people like the book does? Also, well, the Tim Burton one kind of does, isn't it? Well, that's true. Tim Burton is like black people, so. Jeez. He's been, hey, he's quoted as saying they don't match his aesthetic. Weird thing to say, Tim Burton. Weird thing to say. Does he, you know, strike that, reverse it, or whatever the hell he's, flip it. Strike that, reverse it. Oh, yeah. It's weird, you know? It's weird. It's got, somehow stranger than Johnny Depp, or almost as strange. I don't think he's strange enough, is what it is, and that, and as Wonka, that's, that's more strange, to not be strange enough. And isn't that the most Wonka, Wonka? Nope. I don't think so. And he's got a sidekick? Why does he have a sidekick? I don't know. Is he a little girl sidekick? Wouldn't Hugh Grant be a good enough sidekick as a little Oompa Loompa? <sighs> Mashable says we're wrong. Oh, well, if Mashable says so. Mm-hmm. Who is this? Who's Mashable? What's Mashable? Mm-hmm. Clickbaity shit. That's most things. Right now. Not. This seems like a real uh, genuine action. Oh, shit. About Wonka? Yeah. Or, or, well, it, uh, at least he's saying that Timothy Chalamet is a great Wonka action. He hasn't seen the movie. How does he know? Well, he's doing it. <clears throat> All right. Trailer trash? Um, yeah, probably trailer trash. <laughs> That line delivery is weird and it's trash. <laughs> Very bad. Trailer Cash, I guess Kiko Michael Key's funny actor. Only nah, thing I'm I can think of. I don't feel like it needs one. I like his mustache. Uh, but yeah, that's fair. Napoleon. Napoleon. Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Joaquin Phoenix's Napoleon this Bonaparte. Sick, dude. It's got a big battle. It looks a lot of big battles. At least three big battles. Evident from from what I can tell, at least three. Is this probably gonna this be four cool. hours long? Maybe. <laughs> Let's see if this has any kind of reported um, release date or uh, runtime. I hadn't heard anything about it, so I saw the trailer. It looks cool. Yeah, I didn't Stoke. either until you you were like, did you see this trailer? And I was like, no. Yeah. Sick, sick. I saw it within like the first 30 minutes it was out. I was like, what oh. we got? 2.38. I mean, that's brisk nowadays. Yeah, well, I don't have enough time. Please, I'm going to see a whole wet my whistle. <laughs> it's so long. It's, so <laughs> it's long. shorter than the movie we just watched. No, it can't it be is. true. It literally I won't is. accept it. No, I, I won't hear that. As long as is Wonka three hours? How long's Wonka? Probably not. There's no way Wonka's three hours. Oh, you say that. I'm so afraid. Barbie's Every... not even two, Jack. So we gotta hold on to That Barbie. surprised me. But yeah. Um this just looks sick, man. I mean, it's one of the things Scott does best, right? Yeah. It's historical epics. We like The Last Duel. We didn't like Tasuguchi. I think it's a very bad movie, actually. Horrible movie. It's maybe one of the worst he's ever done. I want to walk out during it. It's a bunch of discourse this week. Ooh. Because of this, a bit of like is Ridley Scott one of the great directors or not? Yes. It's got some flops, though. Yeah. And, you know, it can't be good. And people, basically, I saw a thread which was talking about, like, ev- why do people feel the need to say that, right? But he's got some flops, He's got though. some flops, though, right? People, and the guy was like, people don't say that about Spielberg or, or whatever. Like, people people don't say, like, hey, Spielberg's great, but what about Crystal Skull? Or, like, hey, what about Ready Player One or whatever? And, first of all, I would say there's definitely probably people who do. Um, And we've talked about it on this show, even there's, like, I don't know. There's almost... There's kind of a constant debate of like, is he great or not? Because yeah. some people want to be like, I don't know, is he even that good? Or is he just kind of this or that? Like, nah, we think he's great. But um, also, I just think I think he, I really think he is more consistent. Like, really, Scott's great, but I don't think he has quite the highs of Spielberg. And I don't think I think the ratio Spielberg's ratio is better. I would I would say oh, so because oh. I only can think of like a couple really like classic really Scott movies. Well, yeah, I only people, can think of really two. People say his best one is. Alien, right? Oh, then three. I, I, I forgot. What were you? What were you? Also? I was thinking Gladiator, sure, and um, Blade Runner, sure. Yeah, Blade Runner is great. And then I forgot about Alien, so that'd be the. You don't even like Blade Runner, though. Well, I was gonna be fair to the people. I don't like Blade Runner. I don't think it's that good. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We won't get bogged down on it. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking about. Th- I was gonna say I'm a big fan of of uh, Ridley Scott. If anything, if you look at my actual physical movie collection over there, he's one of my most represented guys because I have 
uh, Black Hawk Down over there and oh, Kingdom of Heaven and um, Gladiator. He's actually probably more represent. Well, other than Spielberg, I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> Spielberg, I have uh, War Horse and Saving Private Ryan and Jurassic Park. The- no, I don't. But I have the all of his indie movies over there. So those are doing some heavy lifting. But uh, yeah, I yeah, I like Ridley Scott a lot. But I definitely would have to say House of Gucci is really pretty piss poor. Pretty low. Well, I still we enjoyed. Fairly. Yeah, we enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. And again, I mean, like, I I just think he's a little less consistent. He's a little less masterful. That's all. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's just not quite as good at picking scripts or tuning them or what. I don't know how involved he is with writing, um, or even how much Spielberg is for that matter on all of his movies necessarily. But maybe, maybe just Spielberg attracts a certain level of quality, like a Chris Nolan thing, where like mm-hmm. everybody who works with him wants to give their all because they're working on a thing that is the Steven Spielberg thing. So you'd be like. You'd work extra hard to make it the best you could. And also people are saying that because the Fablemans, his last thing was so good that Fablemans was good. He's pretty like he's he's pretty he's pretty high in most people's esteem right now. Yeah, he's I mean Whereas he's gone back to back, right? Scott's best. His last two movies yeah, have gone so. up for Academy Awards. Whereas I think Scott's last one was best. The worst. Yeah. It's maybe the worst one he's done. I think the worst one we saw that year, right? Did we rank that pretty low? It's pretty shit. We go back and listen to I thought listen. it was kind of incoherent as a film, really. It was kinda of, yeah. And, like, again, he has a lot of weird things like that where it's, like, they're not terrible, but there's just kind of some weird missteps in Ridley Scott movies sometimes. Um, Like, Kingdom of Heaven even is a good one because it's, like, you know, the whole thing about the theatrical cut of that is kind of terrible and it's only because... And and maybe this isn't his fault, but he had to cut, like, 40-something minutes out of it, I think. Oh, or maybe not quite that. I don't remember exactly how much, but... Why'd he cut it's so just, much? I think the studio made him. Okay. So, I don't know. That's not really his fault, but that's it's it definitely affected a lot of people's opinion of that movie. Is that the the theatrical cut is so much worse than like the director's cut? Yeah. Well, there's the um, but Blade Runner has the same problem, right? There's a, that's there's a bunch of different point. cuts, yeah. Yeah. and then there's the final cut, which is like the movie the cut he likes the most. Yes, I think that's the one I have. That's the one. That that's probably we, the only one they really do now. That's the one that's on that was on HBO. Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one. That I is watch. a good point. I didn't think of it, but that is so the fucking. The man gets him. These stupid studio execs who still don't know Dick. They didn't know Dick back then. They don't know Dick now. They haven't they learned. Dick. They haven't learned Dick. Dick eludes them. I guess. I guess they're doing him dirty. But they're also dirty Prometheus. Dogs. That's a big one where people are like, it could be great, but it's not. Oh yeah, people like Prometheus. So, that's I, know, I just saw a lot of a lot of people. Some people, you know, there's a lot of like, well, Ridley Scott's best movie is not as good as Spielberg's best five. Was it, was it What's Spielberg's best five? Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Saving Jurassic Private Ryan. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Maybe Jaws. Maybe Jaws. So generous. What's the fifth? Pebbleman's. I didn't say it. I like Warhouse a lot, but I don't know if I would actually say it's top five. Regardless. And then there's also people who said the exact person, like, oh, bro, you don't know what you're talking about. Because Spielberg's best isn't even better than Ridley Scott's second. I don't know what Ridley Scott's second is. Is it Gladiator? It might be. Does it go Alien? Or does it go Alien Blade Runner? Ooh. Probably Alien Blade Runner. Could Blade Runner has a sequel. Sure. That's kind of an arbitrary way to look at it. Alien has... What are you saying? Alien has a sequel. But Alien was one, right? Yeah. That's why... Isn't it... It wouldn't... Isn't it Blade Runner below it? What? Maybe I misunderstood what you said. What did you say? I said that Blade Runner would be the number two over Gladiator. Why? Because it had a sequel. But I said that was seemingly arbitrary. It's just like a thing I picked because they didn't another thing about it. Well, that's what I... Okay. Because they continued the story. He's working on the Gladiator sequel. I think that's his next movie. Oh, is he? Yes. Well... So there you go. I'll watch that air eventually then. It's in my watch list in one of these streaming services that'll collapse in what time is it? Uh twelve hours, maybe. <laughs> By noon. It's great. I love I love Gladiator. Dude. Um but yeah. We didn't talk much about this Jack trailer, do we? Nope. Not just at all. I just thought it was interesting. 
Oh, also, someone's, I saw someone say that people make fun of Prometheus and House of Gucci, but no one talks about how Black Hawk Down is probably his actual worst film. I don't know where that comes from. I think that's probably a, I don't like American imperialism or whatever, which is fair enough. Which is fair. But, but it can be good, fun, too. It's a good movie. Like the Covenant it's a good fucking us. movie. I yeah. don't know how you could, like, also, it's not a distinctly pro-war movie by any means, so I don't mm-hmm. know. Someone was, they said, like, you know, like, memory hold. You familiar with that expression? No. It's just the idea that, like, people collectively choose to, like, ignore a thing. Like, it's memory hold. It's in the it's in the memory hole, right? Oh, okay. whatever. Oh, yeah. hole. I thought I said hold. Excuse me. Hold. Like, it's it's been memory hold. Okay. Yeah. Put into the memory hole. Right? They were like, has everyone just, is has, like, his actual worst film just been memory hold? And someone was like, I think people just don't think it's bad. <laughs> I don't think people forgot about Black Hawk Down or, like, blissfully unaware, or, like, choosing to ignore it. I think people just think it's, it's fine. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. They like it. So. They move on. Uh, but yeah, this looks like it's going to be sick. I don't yeah, Napoleon tries. He becomes king. France he becomes emperor. All oh, right, whatever. Um, same difference. Probably his whole, more or less, like an abridged thing of his whole life. It seems like the Egypt stuff is cool. We see him doing that. He shoots the pyramids with a cannon. Oh, why did he do that? I think because he's an ass. Yeah, I classical. think it was just like a really big head move. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, right? probably. I, that's what I was thinking too. But I didn't know if there was some. I don't remember. Reason. He kills all those guys in the ice. Cool strategy. That was actually, that looks cool. It all looks interesting, yeah. Yeah. It, so, will you think it'll do his fall and then return? I think so. I, it's got to, right? I, do you do the whole thing and leave? Like, where else would you end off, right? That's true, because the whole point is that he comes back. Like, they don't want him yeah. to come back, and then he rallies the troops with him again. It's going to have to do, like, obviously an abridged kind of water. Like, you know, it can't do Waterloo. Mm-hmm. Like the movie Waterloo, which is just about Waterloo. But presumably- Or the vampires hang out. Yeah. So I assume it's going to just... I, it's got to, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, do you do his complete rise and then end with the first time they get rid of him? No. Surely not, right? No, he's, at, least do the, at least do him coming back to show his tenacity. Yeah. And they're because they're hamming up the whole, like, he's fighting all of Europe and he's obeying on existence and all this shit. He's the controller of destiny. He's an agent of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so, that'd be cool. Oh. I want to okay. I want to talk about this. There's been some discourse. <laughs> about Napoleon? <laughs> about Napoleon. People are like, you know he's actually bad, right? Yeah, we all know Napoleon's bad, dipshit. Oh my lord. Jesus Christ. Um, 18, fucking 19th century Twitter just dropped. Guys, I think Napoleon's a bad guy. So, literally though, this is unironic. This has become a copy pasta. It went viral. This person said, Napoleon Bonaparte was a terrible person, all caps. He was a tyrant, all caps. He betrayed every ideal he ever claimed to stand for. He was a shameless pathological liar who killed millions of people for his own ins- insatiable vanity. He is literally one of the worst people in history. You think he looks cool because he paid people to make him look cool. He used the entire resources of state and empire to make himself look cool to future generations. And meanwhile, millions of people died because peace amongst equal was alien to him. Yeah, we know. No one thought Napoleon was a good guy. What do you... <laughs> so it caused a bunch of copy pastas, like I said. Yeah. Um, Willy Wonka was a terrible person. <laughs> Insert here. Um, Oppenheimer was a terrible person. Or I don't think I didn't see Oppenheimer. Uh, this guy did Palpatine. Mesa Windu is that guy. Like He said Palpatine was a terrible person. He was a shameless... But yeah. Yeah, he was inserting... Um, the Sith Lord Darth Vader, the Dark Lord Sauron, <laughs> the God Emperor of the Golden Throne, <laughs> Paul Atreides. <laughs> like, come on. Oh my. How, it's fun, right? How, un, how not self-aware can you be to be like, yep. People just want to, people just, it's that's just the Twitter things. You got to tell everyone they're wrong and that you're more you're better. better than them. Guys, Napoleon's bad. Um, yeah. And then this also caused a bunch of funny memes uh, or whatever tweets. Um, this guy says, yikes, unfollowing him now. I was a fan of his complex. I had no idea that he was a tyrant who betrayed every idea he ever claimed to stand for. Um, it's fine. Here we got, uh, what's his name? 
Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald. Hold the fort. <laughs> it says here that Napoleon Bonaparte was a tyrant. <laughs> um, Poor Norm didn't even know he was sick. The woke mob is canceling the famous dictator Napoleon. Kids these days admire Napoleon just because he looks cool, but Holy Roman Emperor Charles V has, <laughs> was, has just as remarkable a legacy and yet goes ignored because he's not fresh or with it and lacks hip-hop swagger. It's shameful. Um, ooh, unfollowing now. I followed because of his masterful victory in Austerlitz. <laughs> I didn't realize he was in an age gap relationship with his first wife. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. As Horton says, we're camping out at the box office for opening night Napoleon. Our tricorns are playfully on battle. <laughs> we're clashing sabers and generally making merry when a squad of Nelson boos show up to spoil our fun. <laughs> Sorry, no one's made a movie for your guy recently, but this is our night. <laughs> that's fun. Uh, that's Nelson good. boos. <laughs> You and Nelson, Bujak? No. Your I famous vice admiral, Lord Admiral Nelson? No, I'm with Napoleon. He's my favorite. Yeah, you know Napoleon. He did what Stan? now? Oh. He did what to who? He was an. Oh. Hold on. Hold the on. age gap. I'm oh getting my God. a call. He's attacked Waterloo. It's been a battle. <laughs> Can you believe this? No, they attacked him at Waterloo, really. I'll get another call. That's how they got him. <laughs> they attacked him at Waterloo. He's come back after. So. I just think that's very funny. That is very good. They just spawn a bunch of people being like, oh, he's not a good guy. Yeah, we know. He's fucking yeah. Napoleon. He's, he really is literally one of the worst people ever. Yeah, he sucks. Ah, I, I, he was a tweet I saved about. <laughs> to give you a context of how historical WGA slash SAG strike would be, the last time this happened, not only was Eisenhower still president, but the Actors Union was led by noted organizer and socialist Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Great guy. Uh, uh, hope, good thing he started that war on drugs. He good saved thing, us right? all. So, there you go. There you go. God bless. Taylor Cash, um, he shoots a pyramid. Get, stick it to the I think the, yeah, the, I think the war stuff's going to think Taylor I mean, Trash, again, he was a dictator. Well, here's the thing. He was a dictator, but he was he really was very, very good at war. Like That's how he did it all. That's and, why he... I mean, hey, he was so good that when he came back, all the ships were like, you're back, all right, well... Like, they said, like, like that person said or whatever, he's like, propaganda or whatever. I'm sure that's true. Um, but he still did it. But it's not propaganda to say that he was really good at that. He, did. he wasn't a good guy and all the other shit, sure. And, like, yes, he, you know, rose to power on the back of, like, a um, populist, like, liberal revolt that then he did not, like, live up to the ideals of at all. They never of did. Of course. Well, they did eventually. No, I meant, I meant those kind of um, overthrows yes, never do. Yes, of course. They're, you know, what are they? They're, like, six republics deep now, Francis, and they're doing all right. <laughs> they're not totally bringing down right now. Oh, <laughs> oh right. wait, I didn't. Oh, whoops. Yeah, right now they're having problems. But um, yeah, he he was actually good at war. Like, he did some impressive stuff. So I'm sure that's what they're gonna play up in the movie here. Yeah, and then here's the thing: they'll do the downfall because he does that. So he don't. He does. It's not like he's gonna fucking. Downf- he he's not fall. gonna pull a once upon a time in Hollywood and like <laughs> rewrite Napoleon's story where I doubt he it. doesn't get banished <laughs> to yeah, that island. Exactly. Twice. So there you go. Uh, last the, trailer. Last trailer. Ahsoka. This is probably final trailer for Ahsoka. <coughs> I would hope. I can't imagine it. Unless they move the date back again. Hmm. Probably not. Hey, we didn't think that they'd do it for Andor. Yeah, but they're not that close, was it? It was. It was like within a month they changed. Yeah, I guess I think you're right, actually. Well, they would have done it now, though, if they were going to do it, I think. They wouldn't do a trailer and then move. Whatever. Um, Regardless. Speak boldly as if Ahsoka. I don't know. I, just, we got I guess anything could happen. What do you want me to say? No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, looks pretty good, man. I definitely think this... I mean, a trailer's a trailer, but I do feel like this looks better than The Mandalorian Season 3, at least. That's true. Or maybe, you know, production-wise. Maybe Obi-Wan. People, I keep seeing a lot of people saying Obi-Wan look cheap. I don't think we really noticed that. No, but I can understand for sure. I I think both of those probably 
that reflected maybe an over-reliance on the volume. Although they also both didn't have much of a choice because of the realities. And like we've learned now that like Andor was was really expensive, you know, and I think I think it was worth it long run, but like yes, comparatively, you know, that show does look a lot better. Also though, that show's longer and it was yeah. also looked better, so what whatever. Uh but I I think this one looks good. Um we get some well, a lot of people are excited about the name drops in this one. We get Ahsoka, or uh, Anakin, rather, name drops twice, which I think is the first time he's been said by name in any of these shows, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, we get Thrawn being called Heir of the Empire. Or well, he was the, they did that in the last one. Did they? We definitely we see him for the first time, though, right? We see him. You we know, see someone that's not the back of his glory. Yeah, yeah. See his face. Yeah, exactly. Looking good. Looks like Thrawn. Glad they brought him back. Not been in a Cumberbatch. What the hell? He said recently he's like, does it differently than the animated, which I'm I'm curious to see how different that'll be. It's the same Seems guy, right? Weird. It's the same guy. So I don't know why he was like, "Yeah, I'm not really trying to match my." It's like that's you. Yeah, he wants to switch. I'd understand if it was a different guy, right? Yeah, like I'm sure, like Sabine, um, Natasha Liu Bardizio, and Lady Mary Obi Wan, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes, they're obviously going to, you know, be representing something of a departure from their animated. Counterparts. counterparts naturally but it's just weird that the guy who, they literally got the same guy and he's like yeah man, you know i'm not gonna be beholden to that which is fine i mean that's his prerogative of course i wouldn't yeah. say he should be but i'm just i am interested to see how if Different. it'll really be or if it'll just be like oh no he's mostly doing the same yeah he just did a little smaller things for himself yeah yeah, yeah. keep but it fun for him we'll see uh we get more of these two kind of rogue force users they're yep, orange yep. lightsabers remember at first we thought they shared a lightsaber I think I remember us speaking about this when Did the we? first one. Yes, because we never see both of them use them. And I think it was something that we thought they there was only one of that kind of lightsaber and they shared it because it was different. Mm-hmm. But now we see them. There's there several shots of both of them each having their own lightsabers. With yeah, yeah. Strange when they're like attacking that ship. Yeah, the, the, this um, Republic, this new Republic ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, there seems to be the older guy, who that actor tragically passed Balon. away recently. Very sad. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Balon is the character. Balon. Uh, he he's one of the people who mentions Anakin by name to Ahsoka, so he clearly was a, seemingly possibly a Jedi or somewhere during, around. Yeah, during the Clone Wars. During the Clone Wars, so he's. Which we kind of, I think we knew that more or less. Maybe we could we could probably assume. Yeah, uh, and he's uh, probably training this uh, this his young apprentice. Uh, they're not Sith. They say they're not Jedi. Probably some weird in between, kind of like Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. I assume probably mirror her. That's actually something to talk about. So, you have watched a bit of Rebels now, or most of it, rather. Even. I would say most of it, yeah. There you go. Finally got you to do it. In a week. Yes. Well, it's going to be a week. This is it. It's all or nothing for this guy, evidently. Hey, but, um, go big or go home. So, now that you have the context of that show a bit, what do you... There's been a lot of discourse about this, about Ahsoka and the whole, is she a Jedi or not a Jedi thing? People have, have been, I don't know, worked up about it. So, in Rebels, there's this notable line at one point where she says, I am no Jedi. And people have very much taken it to heart, and they've, to the extent that they're like, think that this is a something of a betrayal of her character in this show that she's called, especially by marketing and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, in a lot of the trailers, it's like she's like a rebel. You know, there's a in the last trailer, there's a thing where it's like rebel Jedi, yeah, all the different like Savior things, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, all the different things she is. And um, I don't know, people are really worked up about it. I think. I think she is a Jedi. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I definitely think that people are taking it too seriously, and I think it's one of those things where people are not understanding the whole point of that character. Because I think the whole point is that she says she's not a Jedi, and she's like disavowing that part of her life. But I mean, she is. 
And that's especially the exact moment when she says it is a moment of emotion, emotion, and potentially like weakness for her. And, and also in that moment, the reason she says that is because Darth Vader is mocking her. Like Darth Vader, who has just been revealed. No, actually, no, it's before this. He's just like, hey. She was pretty sure, and then she's absolutely certain. He's like, oh, we can't do revenge. It's not the Jedi way, buddy. She's like, fuck you. I'm going to kill you. Like, Which she shouldn't want to do. Super, she shouldn't. Super I mean, wizard no Nazi is like, hey, buddy, your beliefs. Exactly. So, like, so you get the it. whole context. You get it. Maybe context, <laughs> fellas? Yeah, you get it. There you go. Glad to see. Yeah. We're on the same page. That's People how I feel. <laughs> so, I'm not bothered about that. And so, probably get over it in this show. <laughs> yeah, one, well, and, 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 like, Dave Filoni's, and I, and then this is so. This is what I never get with people is that people are all like, hey, you know, we've talked about this before, but there's a certain subset of people who like hate Dave Filoni now, maybe, and are like, is he actually any good or not? Yeah, yeah. It's also just weird to me because people are like, oh, he likes her too much, and he likes, and that's why he's ruined her for me. And it's like, wait, wait. If you're a big Ahsoka fan, almost everything you've seen has been by hit, Dave Filoni. by him. So why are you suddenly like now, like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing? I don't. It's one or the other, I feel like. Yeah, you got to pick one. Because yeah, it's so obvious that he writes everything. Because when we knew that Dave Filoni was directing an episode of Book of Boba Fett, we called that Ahsoka was going to be in it, and she was in it. Like, it's yeah. so blatantly obvious that he does, he, when some, when he does something, he puts Ahsoka in there. I guess my thing is just like, if you don't, if you like Ahsoka a lot and you think he's not doing her justice, like, who do you think would do it better? Don Favreau? No. Well, there's some people who are like, maybe they just need to stop using her so much. And I guess maybe that's fair, but... Some, yeah, that's who else you can use. I don't know. At a certain yeah. point, who are you going to use? There's not a lot of Jedi at this point. But I think this trailer definitely hammers home as well. It really is a successor to Rebels. A lot more of the Rebels cast gets playing this. Mm-hmm. We see, we hear... Um, I think Ezra's voice. I think... Is this the first time we hear all three of them talk, though? Actually? Does Sabine get any lines in the last one? I remember, but I don't think I know Ezra doesn't because just... Ezra definitely doesn't. So Sabine, Hera, and Ezra all get lines in this one. Chopper beeps and boops. It's true. Chopper looks cool though. He looks very. I think he looks good. Yeah, I think he's pretty similar. I don't. I can't really tell. They might actually have altered him a little bit in the make him time because you know he's in he's in Rogue One physically. So oh, is he? Mm-hmm. I guess you wouldn't know because you didn't know. No. Yeah, he's in Rogue One. So I think it's a slight departure from that, but I mean it's been a. Enough time that it's probably fine. Also, it's a small like background cameo. So if they update his design a little, it's no, not the end of the world. He could be as big as a dick as he is in Rebels. Yeah, probably. Yeah, good on him. Love Chopper, great guy. So mean. Other places, uh oh, a lot. Yeah, I love. Yeah, there's a lot of his like dialogue, whatever you call it, that is audible. I think yeah, you can puzzle out what it is he's saying because it's just Dave Filoni talking like through like some kind of voice modulator thing, just swearing and saying. I think sometimes he literally is maybe swearing. Yeah. Stupid, right? And they're like, whoa, Chopper. Well, so, I mean, in yes, in the show, he definitely is, where they're like, watch your link. But I think sometimes Dave Filoni literally swears or whatever, <laughs> and then they kind of like mess with it so you can't tell. That's fun. But I do like Chopper a lot. How do you feel about them? That's been one of the big sources of discourse since, really, the last trailer. I think we kind of touched upon them, but mm-hmm. followed up here. Now that you've seen Rebels, how do you feel about the new the new actors? Um, I don't think Hera's like the... Uh, I'm sure they'll do fine, like acting wise, but I don't think the prosthetics look great. I think I'm getting a little Cad Bane vibes from it. But also, I mean, I don't know. It's fucking wild, right? They, they, they've they done Twilight's. Just... Bef- they do. They do Twilight's like, is the weirdest one. They, to they do them in mess Bo- up. Boba Fett pretty well. I don't love the eyes. Um, they're they're too like striking. They're very. Green. They're very like bright and green. Which I mean, Hera's eyes are green, but they're not like emerald. I don't know. Her her eyes are almost glowing in this, yeah, right? They're like sparkly, which isn't. Yeah, I think she looks like she's on fucking spice. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really get that. Um, 
but fine. I mean, it's tough. I said this last time when we talked about the last trailer, and I just that they haven't really you know dissuaded me from this opinion yet. But like, maybe it should have just been animated with the same fucking people. You yeah. know, keep the actors. And maybe that's an unfair thing to expect. I don't know. I, I like I said, I got into it a lot last time, but especially because maybe it's because they originate as animated characters. That's such a difference to me. Because mm. people say like, oh, you know. Obi-Wan's the same, right? Obi-Wan's in live action and then he's in animated and he's also, you know, he's had two different actors and all this stuff. And it's like, that's true. But something about the fact that these characters, I feel like were originated in live action. Or, sorry, animated. in animation. Because you just stay in there. Maybe. And it's like, because of that, right, our, our only exposure to them thus far has been the animated characters where the voice acting is such a, it's the, I mean, it's the, it's all of it almost, right? Yeah. Obviously the animation for their performance and stuff, it, it conveys characterization and stuff but obviously voice actors are doing a lot of heavy lifting there so then to have completely new voices coming out of them i think is is more of a i don't know you know what i mean yeah because like when you have obi-wan you start with an actor you get a different actor or whatever and then we in, the sh- in these shows when obi-wan shows up someone's doing an impression more or less of one of the two or, or something you know striking a balance right mm-hmm. like james Arnold taylor is he's not doing a completely faithful impression of you McGregor, but he's certainly it's a it's an evoking him. yeah, evoking James Arnold Taylor or evoking you McGregor while also being able to you know make it his own enough that you can tell apart. Yeah, because if you, I think if you lean too much into just straight like impression, impression, I think you are oh. probably detracting from your own ability to give a performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, but whereas this, you start with these voice acted characters, and then now moving to live action with completely new actors, I think I don't think the continuity is as strong. Yeah, Sabine sounded kind of close. Her 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 live action actors sounded relatively close, but Marilla's with Winstead, very different, very noticeably different from. I don't remember who plays Hera. Um, Vanessa Marshall. Vanessa, very different from Vanessa Marshall's performance in Rebels. Um, I'm sure it'll uh, hopefully probably be fine. I think dude, I don't know if you mentioned it, but there's also a big controversy because people think Sabine's actor isn't the right race, which I don't usually like to engage with, but. That's also a thing. This this is breeding more controversy than you might think, because oh, you know yeah. people also hate Rosario Dawson, right? Yes, because for off various off screen dealings and things. Also, people just think she's bad at portraying Ahsoka. Um, I don't. I liked her in the. I think she does fine. Yeah, and yeah. I think yes, she's different, but also she's so much older and she's seen so much shit. I think that's fine. Yeah, she can be more grizzled. I think she's allowed to, yeah, mature in that way, where she's not as bubbly as she was as a teenager. Because you wouldn't be. I mean, I even as an adult, so. I don't think yeah. you really carry that over as much. But I think she's relatively similar to how she is in Rebels. Because people say she's too, like, I guess, stoic and unexpressive and stuff. But I think that's pretty... That's, I don't know. She's like that quite a bit in Rebels. Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I, she spends most of it, though. I mean, she doesn't appear that much in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, I mean, she definitely does joke around with the crew and stuff on occasion, but also... She's the commander. In this, in the live action stuff we've seen so far, she hasn't really had anyone to joke around with that she really knows like that. Yeah, right? she's on her own. She we've seen her hang out with Din and Luke. Both she of kind them. of she around with Luke. She talks, yeah, but she's exactly. friendly with Luke because they're Jedi. She doesn't like Din at first because he's a Mandalorian. She doesn't really know him like that. Yeah. So maybe in this show with her like longtime friends here. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on is Sabine and some of the stuff in this trailer, which seems to suggest that like. In the past, at some point prior to this, and then maybe during the events of this show, um, Sabine and Ahsoka have some kind of like master-student relationship of some degree, which is to be changed. Well, yeah. Well, that's that would be certainly the first guess is like who, what would Ahsoka, Ahsoka be training someone in? 
naturally you think Jedi stuff, but then that brings up the question, wow, is Sabina Jedi? Is she force sensitive? What is that alluding to? Yeah, there's a very there's a seemingly leading scene where she's in the forest and she does a, a force handout. That's weird. Yeah. And the apprentice The universal symbol yeah. for a force push. Yeah. And the f- apprentice pulls out crazy eyes and is like, You're not shit. Motherfucker. You have no power. Tries to get her. And then they're... Fighting. And they're doing a sword fight, which is fine. We saw that in the last one. Did we? No, maybe it no. was one... I think maybe it was actually the trailer we didn't get to see. Yes, I think it was that one. We, we knew she had his lightsaber and she was using it. And I was like, okay, that's cool because... She can use a lightsaber. We know she can... Yeah, she's competent with a lightsaber. Um, And I think maybe this could just be some like trailer misdirecting that they do sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably... It's probably... I don't know. I wouldn't... I guess I wouldn't say there's no chance they're they're alluding to some kind of force ability something, but I think it's probably just as likely that it is just two scenes that are unrelated kind of put together. That and like she can because in Rebels, Sabine is literally trained by a Jedi mm-hmm. in Jedi's arts to an extent, right? Yeah. Mostly just the lightsaber thing, but also like he teaches her some of the philosophy and like and the focus calming and focus and stuff. Which but, helps you with the force. Exactly. But she's never shown to be force sensitive or anything so mm-hmm. i think it could just as easily be that con- a continuation of that but i don't know we'll have to see i guess i guess i would honestly be a little disappointed if they actually went and fully made her like a jedi because then we'd have another mandalorian jedi run i know right kind of kind of swoops right under the whole point of Grogu, yeah, doesn't it but i mean who the fuck cares after season three they don't give a <laughs> shit about the mandalorian it seems you would think who knows wouldn't you because why make din the leader of mandalore Dar- dark saber watching hero go fuck yourself <laughs> Who needs it? He'll live on Canto by whatever the fuck he lives on now. We still don't get any Zeb actually in this trailer. Yeah, interesting. It's or Caleb, nice. where's he? Where's Cannon? Is he huh? not a? Oh, is Cannon gonna come in? Yeah, where's he? Uh, I do wonder if we're gonna get a live action depiction of Cannon at all though. Cannon getting fucking murked. Well, no, just like a picture of him or something, like with Ezra. Like, oh look, at I got this little picture of my friend Ezra. I think I have a picture of nice. longingly. And my and Harris there longingly. There's something I want to tell you, but I can't tell you. Until you're done, so Aww. we won't uh, get into that. Uh, last thing. There'll be a Lothcat? Yes. I mean, there's Lothcats in the Mandalorian and shit. Oh, are there? Yeah. Well, okay. So I think Lothcats is specific, like, obviously from Lothal, but those t- you see those cats with the big eyes and shit all over the That's true. They got in the Mandalorian. Eyes. Don't you know I got that one? The Build-A-Bear? The place the Mandalorian? Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> Very good. Um. Okay, la- last, last thing. You ready? I'm ready. So you having seen most of Rebels so far, what do you think of um, the... Uh, well, I'll just say, what do you think of the Ezra-Sabine ship? Do you have any strong opinions on this? Uh, Us I've, famously, not big shippers around not, here. Not, but, we're not really that kind of demographic. And more power to you if you are, but we're yeah, not. Whatever. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of... In the show, it's very clear. Ezra just has a weird crush on her because he's like a, a boy and they're about the same age. And even in the later seasons, he doesn't really act on that much. He plays him up much more in season one and two. When, Absolutely, when very he, true. When he's less mature, and then when he, when Darth Maul blinds his master and he gets all, <laughs> hmm, and he fights Darth Vader, he goes, "Actually, I'm gonna cut my hair and I'll be cool now." And he kind of gets over. He does it. be pretty cool after that. He, he, I mean, he he gets a green lightsaber and a gun, and I love a green lightsaber. <laughs> They're better, I'd say. So, do you think? Because people, the opinions are divided basically on does that represent just a maturing of him where. Maybe he feels the same way, but doesn't act on them in the same immature way. Or does it re- reflect a change in his feelings? I guess that's the question. Because, yeah, it's undeniable that he's doing, out, like, just out and out flirting with her in the early seasons like that. Yeah. I don't even think there's... A, so, 
people were like, I don't even see what, what you guys mean. That one never made sense to me. Again, I don't feel passionately about this one or the other. I just don't really get that argument. Um, I also, a big thing people say is that they're siblings, right? Because Rebels, it's a big, they're a big found family, right? Yeah. And there is that kind of dynamic where, like, Hera's, like, the teen mom, and Kana's the teen, uh, the teen dad, and freaking Zeb's the... Chopper's the grumpy uncle or whatever. Yeah. And Zeb's kind of, like, his big brother and stuff. But to say that they're, like, literally, like, because people are like, oh, it's, it's weird that you guys are saying that because they're, like, siblings. Not literally siblings. Not literally siblings, right? Because she has literal siblings. She's got a family. She does have... She's not, like, an orphan or anything like yeah, the rest that, of them. That's, that's the hard thing because it's, like, Sabine goes back to her family at some point. And well, then, people use that target because they say that she... Or no, people say use that to say that because she acts differently around Ezra than she does around Tristan. Her, her brother. Her actual brother, so... I bet those are different people. Yeah, you'd well, act differently. that's true, too. Yes. Like I said, I don't feel super passionately about it. I think... And I guess, where, where would you land on it? Like, would, where do you think they're going to go with it in this show? Do you think they will or will not I think they develop might. that? might. Because she's well, like... Sure, they might. I, I, will I, or will they not? I think they will. I guess I would in have to say way. so, too. Because she's, like, living in his house. And she's I don't like know. It's so weird because... Watching most, his transmission. Most of that could still apply, right? Touching his face on the mural. If she really did feel that he was her, like, actual brother, then I guess it would be a similar thing, right? Yeah, she would watch his... Stuff. I saw see people say that. Like, yeah. Like, someone was like, well, if my brother disappeared, I would probably, like, long for him the same way. Because he's my brother and I love him. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. very valid. But if your brother took, like, a, an Emperor Admiral Nazi out in space, you'd be like, man, I wish my brother was, I wish back, he was back. Jeez. Oh, the blue guy's back? Oh, where's my brother? What the fuck? So, I don't know. It really just depends how you interpret it. But my thing is, like, it's just weird to insist that these two people who met when they were, like, teenagers and are not related in any way are like, oh, they're siblings. They can't be. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just because, like, none of them, it's it's not a one-to-one. Like, that's not how found family works. It's not literally a one-to-one. Like, yeah. well, now they're brothers. Yeah, they're brothers. They can't do anything else. <laughs> You're brothers, all right? Like, because, you know, Kanan is, yeah, the team dad, but he's also very much like an older brother to Ezra, I would say. And the same with Hera, right? I would say, like, to um, Ezra, she can be very motherly, but to Sabine, she's often more sisterly. big sister-like. And so, and again, they're not, also, they're not that old. Like, they're all pretty close in age. Yeah. Kanan and uh, Hera are not really old enough to be their parents. So, and I think Zeb's the oldest one of them all. So yeah, he's <laughs> it's like, all just like whatever. It's not. It's it's weird to me to insist on this like one to one. Like Chopper's one of the it. oldest when he's a droid. That's true. He probably is. He's, he's war seen vet. wars. <laughs> he really has. Love him. Ah, God bless. That's why he hates everything. Um. So yeah, I just think that's interesting. I don't know. People get very worked up about it. People have very strong opinions on on ships. It. Yeah. They do. Well, yeah, they always have, don't they? Yeah. But I think it's it seems like a I feel like Rebels has, the, like, the subsect of the Rebels fandom in particular has attracted a stronger proportion of that, you know? Hmm. wonder why. So, no matter, all I'm saying is no matter which way it goes, whether this show directly confirms or, you know, them to be a, whatever, like, develops them into a romantic couple of some kind or does not, it's going to annoy some people. Cause Can't please everybody. Yes. There's people who feel very strongly on both, uh, both sides of both that. Both fronts. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Hera and Kanan? Good for them. They, they slowly get more. I think so. Short. That's one where, like, at the time, people were like, yeah, they are, they not. I think it's pretty clear they are. I think so, From especially on a rewatch, when I was rewatching it, I think, yeah, it's pretty obvious, actually. She calls, it's just she only calls him love. Yes, yes. And it's it's just pretty low-key is all. Yeah. Because it's like, that's not the, we're busy. <laughs> yeah, we're busy, we got stuff to do. And then, but, you know. And then season four, they just go like, we never spend any time alone, Hera. Let's kiss. I wish I could see you with my eyes. Too bit all blinded me. 
I do. I think that we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about it. But I'll say it now. I do think it's, it was funny when Maul sees Kane again after he blinds him. He's like, "I didn't mean to blind you." He's like, "Yeah, you meant to kill me." He's like, "Yeah, well, maybe." I didn't mean to blind you though. Mm-hmm. I'm a good guy. I'm Maul. Where are you at in season four? Episode eight. Okay. He, they're on that after gotcha. the Force Wolves take him across the planet. Gotcha. gotcha. I think that's the farthest. Uh, you know, I still feel like that's the farthest I've ever moved on a planet in Star Wars. Instead of just like the one city. Yeah. That's what I feel like. They're like, oh, the Southern Hemisphere. Lothal's pretty well like developed. By the end of the show, there you, you get a sense of like a lot of it because yeah, most Star Wars planets are, planets are like a city, one biome, one like mm-hmm. this is the one covered in rocks. It's so it's funny because it's like almost counter to the whole thing of like look at all the planets, but every time we go to a planet, we see one place. Yeah, <laughs> one place, and it's all the same. It almost feels smaller than just Earth. Because <laughs> yeah. like every Star- planet's one culture and one species and one. one- City. language one language every planet gets one language it's every like look planet. at earth we got a million things here yeah it's like hundreds of languages um uh, but yeah i think we're excited for this right yeah I, I would definitely say we are i'm glad i'm glad you got a rebels i'm actually glad you enjoyed it because i was also as worried as i was that you weren't going to watch it i was worried when you did watch it that you were going to hate it but what would have been worse me never watching it or me watching it right. and hating it equally bad probably they, they would both bode equally poorly, poorly for, for our so enjoyment of this show so well, good thing. It, good Glad to see it's on track. Just like the uh, AI and Dead Reckoning, there's two outcomes, but maybe the third. Maybe the third. It couldn't have known. It couldn't. The have guy known. I couldn't have predicted that Jack would like a thing I recommended because it, it seems impossible. It's never happened. I don't think. So. <laughs> no, I like the boys. Let's not forget. I you like, did the, like the, the boys. You did like the boys. And nothing else, I think. <sighs> and maybe the bear if I ever watched it. Yep. Are you done with that cash party? You like a certain part the best? I like the orange lightsaber. I think those are cool. The, the lightsabers are no more cool. thin lightsabers. That's the best part. No, they're nice and regular. No thin lightsabers. Do you think Ezra is that Inquisitor or not? No. Okay. Of course he's not. I don't think so either. That'd be really weird if he was an Inquisitor. The, I think the so. guys who gave him all that trauma. I'm still inclined to think that's part of like a flashback. flashback. Because why would there dead. be Inquisitor? Yeah, they all die on the planet. It would be weird if they were just like, and there was this guy the whole time. So I think that's more of like this is something she got up to back in the day. Yeah, when she was out hunting Inquisitors. Alrighty. All right, well, I could tack out of this into our final topic here, which will be Always Sunny. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Always Sunny. Remember we switched it up? Really, it's going to be a long one, huh? That trailer section took us over 40 minutes. Don't worry about it. We have to talk about Ridley Scott. We had to? No, we got to, I said. Oh, we got the pleasure to. We had the pleasure to talk about Ridley Scott versus Spielberg. The pleasure was online, really. And all those memes. They were funny memes, dude. No, they were funny. I did enjoy that. I was a fan of him for his for his complex. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I wasn't aware. This is episode seven. Uh, the game goes bowling. Here it is. We finally got we it. Finally this is the, the one we've been looking forward to all season. And by God, I think it delivered. I, I definitely think so. Probably it, the funniest one yet. It's It's been on a real upward trend because I think we've liked pretty much each week more than the last. I, yeah, it's like I, Mission Impossible movies. I don't think I, I don't think it was the funniest, but it was definitely a good one. Oh, Very solid. Damn. <laughs> Sorry. Spoke too soon. Well, start rating. Give it a one star. Fuck you. Um, I'm not rating the app, the Hulu app. But it's a great app. You have ads. No, I um, don't pay. For, I pay for no ads. But you pay. But that's the thing. There's the, the Hulu already doing that model. You don't like. No. Yeah, that's right. Um, but anyway, so this one is directed by um, Megan. I feel bad. I don't remember her last name. She does the podcast with them. She's the fourth let's see, host. Let's see if we can get it. You ready? Does Hulu provide? Let's see. What? No. Huh? I guess. It, I feel uh, like there's usually a, a directed by. Maybe it's the... Oh, 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 oh Here we go. Oh, oh. No. Show details. No, do show details. Oh, oh. No, this is... Oh. The, we're just going in a circle. It got a snake in its own tail. So this episode starts out with everybody hanging on the bar, Mac and Charlie playing pool, and Max just 
hitting the cue ball way too hard. Uh, and I re- and I relate to this scene because I'm also bad at pool. Not in the way that Max bad at pool, but I'm bad at pool. They're playing "Hit to Be Square." Fun song. Huey Lewis in the li- Huey-, Huey Lewis in the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank wants some chili cheese fries, seeing if they want to order them. Max says it'd be gross because it'd be too soggy. And then Dee tries to sneak out, and she wants some tip money. Uh, for the first time ever, we see people in the bar talking to them. He's like, oh, any guys tip D? And they go, no, she sucks. Get out of here. We ain't giving her any money. They're like, CD? There's no money. Um, so she tries to get some money for the register. They don't give it to her. They start harassing her. Like, oh, what's with that large trench coat? Where are you going at night? What are you doing? It's a morning. It's a morning? It's 10.30 a.m. It says the front. Oh, that was at night. I guess it makes sense. No, because they leave at the end to go to a basketball game. Oh, right. Game. <laughs> go to the basketball game. That's right. She's going out. Uh, it's wearing a coat, and Max is the thing where he wants to follow Dennis. Just rip the coat off her. Dennis rip the coat off her right now. They go to jump her. She goes, "All right, I'll take it off my own free will." Because I want to. Because I want to. I decide I want to. It's uh, always funny in later seasons, like how antagonistic Matt gets to D when like, you know they're married and stuff. It's just funny. That's funny. Or when you scratch, stupid yep. goddamn. <laughs> or the or the in a, or an even earlier season, she's like, "We're gonna get married." She's like, "D, I'd rather be set on fire than get married to you." <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very funny line to have. Married people say to each other, but of course they. Um, she says, "Don't interfere." They I don't reveal, f- and then they're all making fun of her for bowling. She's like, "Oh, you idiot! You think we bowl?" And she's like, "All right, well, just leave me alone then, and don't." I don't want to. She goes, oh, "As if we'd want to do this." And then, of course, they do. And she also the gang goes bowling, <laughs> and she goes, "As if we'd ever do that." And then they do it. Uh, they're really hitting, again hitting the title cards here too. Good one, yeah. Good usage in. of it. So, um, D's on her. To, it's basically it's all the gals. It's like okay. when they do the gang, the girls do bogs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. we got killed the snail. We got the waitress. We got Artemis. Classics. Uh, the Ellison wants to snort jello shots. Mm-hmm. Um, Artemis is playing a character who is going to be a bowler because she's an actress. I kind of forgot that was the reason that Dean knows her. Yep. And the witches called her because there was no one else to call. She knows no one, uh, no other females in all of Philadelphia. Um, Dee had a bowling shirt. I, first, I thought she was just part of a league. So I'm like, where'd she get? I guess she had a bowling shirt from when she bowled. Must be. Um, I did think that was like a weird detail. That she, that she got one. there and they had a shirt for her anyways but i guess that's you need the thing for her to be wearing a bowling shirt so that they can know she's going bowling yeah for the whole you know the beginning of the episode to happen yeah. you know for the plot to begin they get there basically a big part of this one is that um there's this like tragic backstory with where d was good at bowling but then dennis ruined it for her because he's the worst because he got in her mind and, like, and he would just yell gutter, gutter ball. ball and every time no matter what she would throw a gutter ball even though she is good at bowling yeah. um so he shows up and they form their own team and they uh they're gonna they're gonna face them. I yeah. thought this was a funny bit. Um, this one they're like, we set up the team, and they're like, how much is it? And they because we had previously heard it was thirty five dollars, and then they're like, no, oh yeah, no, was it thirty five dollars? Well, it was forty. D says forty. She wants forty, but they say thirty. Well, she needs she needs forty to have thirty five. Well, I I, think I, saw, I was assuming she was gonna take like two twenties or four tens or something. Oh, that's just true. to break even. I figured she was taking more money just to have more money. Well, then yeah, she gets to keep five. the five yeah, first. Yeah, exactly. so. sure, top. whatever. Uh, this bullion is also run by the, the McPoyles, we should say. Of course, yep, yep. It is the McPoyles again. Yeah. Glad, love to see them. I always worry that, like, Jimmy Simpson's going to get too big for this show or something. But I guess, but I don't see does. why. I mean, he did Fool's Paradise. He's not too big to do Fool's it's true. Well, I guess I don't even know why I th- feel that. Is it just because of Westworld, maybe? His yeah. colored mind? But the Westworld's not, like, I mean, it's a TV show still. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. And it's it doesn't even exist anymore. So I guess this is all he got. <laughs> but you were saying for the bit, I will cut you off there. Oh, it's just um when they're like, yeah, we got 35 and they're like each, and they're like, ooh. <laughs> Which is a which is a funny kind of feels like a callback to the gang gets whacked. I think where yes. they need like eight hundred dollars, and he's like, "Hey, can you spot?" Like, how do you how do three how men in the thirties not have eight hundred dollars between them? He goes, "Well, the economy, the economy's the, in shambles." Yeah. 
interesting. Yeah, you know, and just obviously they don't know how the economy works. Um, it's great. They also can't make, they want to get chili cheese fries. They've opposed a ban chili cheese fries. You can have chili cheese and fries, but you cannot combine them. Why would a bowling alley have chili if not to make chili cheese fries out of it, right? Yeah, sometimes you just want to have a big old bowl of chili with your uh, bowling. It seems weird though, right? At bowling? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a because they also have a, a some sort of tragic backstory that's too terrible to tell. Yeah, they don't. They clearly want to tell because they keep bringing it up. But not tell. So everyone gets paired up with their natural and, pairings, except yeah. well, I guess Mac and Snail. Snail are just kind of the odd ones, but obviously mm-hmm. Dennis and Dee and Charlie and the waitress and Frank and Artemis. Why I noticed they sit very far apart in the bowling alley, but their lanes are next to each other. That's how. Oh, they're sitting like they're not sitting within. The, next it doesn't to feel like how bowling alleys actually look. This feels like a TV bowling alley. Yeah. Be wider for better filming because yeah, bowling alleys are I feel like tighter than that, much tighter. Uh, so yeah, they and also actually big, don't they often share like one? Yeah, they would share one. The bowl things, yeah, they're, the bowl things like, in the middle. Yeah, they're sitting on opposite ends yeah. of well, either lane. A track distracted by a birthday party, which yeah. he gets to eat cake and drink beer at because there's no parents around. Apparently, I'm just good. Another plot point is Dennis is being a misogynist and just saying how women can't go where it's seen right now. Compete with men because of physical limitations, and no one likes women's sports. And then they tear each other apart in our caddy and all this, all the shitty things that Dennis believes. So then, then D flips it on their head and I was like, well, actually, what if we work together and actually prove them wrong? And they do. And this is, this is pretty cool is that they like manipulate them, manipulate them all because they're, well, like she says, they're stupid. They're and they are stupid. stupid. I mean, they're not even just like, oh, men are stupid. But obviously we know the gang are just all absolute maniacs. So yeah, they're, they're not get in there. Even Dennis, the quote unquote smartest of them is just an idiot. I thought it was funny that, um, <laughs> the way they get charged, because I obviously the net the or I guess like the obvious thing to do is to like play on like oh he's in love with the waitress. But I thought it was funny that all they have to do is she just was like so what do you do with your arm when you pull mm-hmm. and then he's like now he's just overthinking it, which they, I think is he a can't really figure it out. I feel like that's a um I don't know it's a relatable thing. Oh right? yeah, you overthink something you can't. So you're like wait a minute, how do I? This way, it's like the you know, it's like the whole like you start thinking too much about breathing thing. You're like, wait, how do I? How do I? What do I wait a minute. Are <laughs> you remember that you're walking and you're like, am I walking <laughs> at a good speed here? Wait, am I am I going too fast? Wait, is this I, is this how I normally walk? Is which this... which foot do I lead with? And then and now you fall and you're on the floor. Then you fall on the ground and go and you weep. And uh, Gail gets smacked by being like, do you? How do you? Why don't you spin it? Can you not spin it? He's like, I can spin it. I can I, always spin it. I got finesse. And he can't. And he's like, just. Stop! Don't do it. Good stuff. They, um, they add like little sound effects to the lanes, like gutter, gutter ball just gives a buzzer sound, yeah. and they ding. They get a thing. I was in how bowling alleys work. At least I assume <laughs> going to the wrong bowling alleys. Uh, at some point, Frank is trying to make his chili cheese fries, but the McPoyles are watching him closely. So what he does is just fill his bowling ball with chili, <laughs> um, which and then just roll it, eat fries of it, and roll it down the lane as it splotches chili out. Um, I think it ends. Oh, then within the waitress challenges Dennis to uh, the punchy bag, the punchy thing. bag thing, which we see in the trailer for the season way we back do. when. Uh, so she does a big kick and she gets like a really high score. And then he punches it, and he says, "I summon the fact that I'm a man," <laughs> and punches it as hard as he can. He like very, this is this is very like Dennis in true form here. I think yeah. Max is out and he's like, "I did that was great. I have no problem. I feel no pain from this." Uh, and then he's like, "I feel so much pain. I've broken every bone. I've broken every bone. It's just soup or whatever." <laughs> It's just jelly and j- bone broth. Bone broth or whatever. He's like, nope, I'm going to scream right now. I'm going to do it right now. And then he does a scream, but then they cut it off. I think it's funnier. You don't like that? I think it's funny to cut it off. I think they. Sh- I think it cut off too quickly. Okay. Because because in the trailer, they it goes the whole time, and he like looks at his hand, and it kind of shakes a little bit. 
don't know. I feel oh, like. Oh, you're right. I think there is like more in the trailer. Yeah, huh? there's like. Uh, oh, he's doing right. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I mean, I think it's. I, I kind of forgot until it was happening w- the way it went in the trailer. Because at first I was like, I was kind of surprised that they did just have him actually max it out and just be better. Because it's yeah. not. It's not great. Usually the gang aren't, um, you know, in- reinforced in their shitty beliefs right, mostly. Yeah. But then, yeah, the idea is that he broke his hand. <laughs> he went too hard. He went too hard. And I think. I don't know. Maybe was that her plan the whole time? I think it was to injure his hand. So. Well, yeah, to her maybe not quite so suspiciously, but she knew she was going to punch that really hard and probably mess up his hand. Mm-hmm. So he can't bowl. So he tries to get one of the McPoyles, who's like they're both like really good at bowling, to do it for them. Uh, and then D gets the other one to do it. So they're bowling against each other. But of course, Liam Ryan has Ryan? no Ryan has no death perception, so everything's all wonky and he can't walk straight. So he turns around and whips the ball at Liam's hand, and it breaks his fingers, and he's screaming. I know it is Liam. So it's reversed? Yeah. He led me astray. I thought I was so confident. I thought for sure it was Ryan. So one of them does the other one. They do a little bit of, oh, he's like, hey, he pungs that bowling ball real well. Mm -hmm. And and it's because back in the day when they were good at bowling, Liam Liam offered Ryan some chili cheese fries and he was so distracted by the chili cheese fries that he allowed his hand to be pinched between two balls and he just it was pretty bruised for a couple weeks yeah and then his fingers get shattered in this instance by his brother whipping a bowling ball at his hand mm-hmm. and then they run off and screaming like the mcpoils do <laughs> yeah classic mcpoils stuff. It. and then uh the rolls her final ball even though Des is in her head there's a funny scene where she's in her head and his internal monologue and then Des goes yeah d i'm in here too <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very funny and the tennis the pins turn a dense face and they're talking. Uh, she and then it. she hits one pin, turns around to celebrate, and everybody's gone. They've already left. Because uh, they don't want to be beaten because they're assholes like they're that. They're assholes. Frank just won't has, give her the satisfaction. Frank goes has sex with Armist and Snail. Uh, the other three guys go to a six, six, Sixers game, I think yeah. he said. Sixers. And then Armist is eating chili cheese fries. The witch is eating chili cheese fries. And just like, oh, yeah, it's great. And he's like, why aren't you celebrating? She goes, well, I don't, I don't like women's sports. So I don't really watch them. <laughs> And the episode ends. So, pretty solid episode, I say. Mm-hmm. Nice, just kind of the gang and other ancillary characters that we've met playing off. Really good stuff. Yeah. Last, second last episode of the season. Mm-hmm. I think it's a funny last line, but it doesn't really make sense. Because for that way, she should be like, I don't give a shit about women's sport. What do you mean? This was your team. This is your league, yeah. Like, what you, you called you to wanted come to help you. come play bowling. Why, why, what do you mean? You don't care. <laughs> but whatever. Whatever. I think it's just a... No, you said it's a funny line. Yeah. I don't remember what the final episode is going to be. I don't know. It's I looked it up. It's um Dennis takes a personal day. Or no, me- Dennis takes a mental health day. Oh, that's yeah. going to be unhinged. <laughs> Probably. That's that's going to be fun. Because I, I was thinking like things in the trailer that I haven't seen yet, but I think I've seen almost everything. Mm-hmm. Must have. Um, so yeah, overall, like we were saying, pretty solid season. Continues to impress. I'd say so. God bless him. God bless him. So with that. What do you think? They'd look too Hollywood in this one? Not in this one. I've been rewatching a bunch of the old seasons, as you're aware. And I think the big thing for Mac is he, I don't know why he doesn't have a beard anymore. The beard, I think, is what makes him look Would more really do it. But then, like, people also say with Caitlin Olsen, that it's I like, don't know, it's more apparent sometimes than others, because sometimes it is like, oh, yeah, she definitely has had some kind of... I can't remember which season, but there's a certain season where it's very clear. It's very apparent between... I think it's 11 and 12. You can... It's, like, striking, almost. Where, yeah, so... But, I mean, I don't know. The problem is, when and people say this, and it's very true... I mean, not to not to get too much into her. It's not her value. But um, people definitely say when when you have these high-profile people like this who get work done, and it's obvious. It's also, it's hard to tell what's, it's easy to attribute it all to that, but it's also like, well, she is just much older. Yeah. So it's hard to, you know, we have no way of knowing what she would have looked like, or either of them for that matter, any of them, 
because probably I think probably most of them to some greater or lesser extent. Um, it's impossible to know what they would look like if they didn't have anything done. Yeah, because they like have all this money and stuff. Yeah, because they're just aged. So yeah. it's easy to be like, oh, they look kind of different because of the work, but also they would look different because they're older. Yeah, and it's just hard to tell which one is more prevalent at a certain mm. point. Yeah, it's been it's been sixteen years. Yeah. So and they started this when they were well, like it's been more than 20. sixteen years. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's been like almost. 20. Yeah, like 18 or 19. Yeah, so you'd age in 20 years, and if you just watch the show, you see progressions. Yeah, um, yeah there are some episodes I definitely think that they look kind of but whatever. more shiny. But People on the subreddit take it very... <laughs> you can't look at they're the way like They're way worried about it. You could, Some of those subreddits, I look, I'm like, I tried to be in the sunny subreddit, and then I was like, this is big too much in the weeds for this stuff. Because they were playing about something that they said on the podcast that was a real, like... Oh yeah, the, Reddit the, moment kind of thing, the, and I was uh, like, the arg- there was like some argument they had the these these lifetime partners and friends had that everyone was like, oh no, what what's gonna happen? It's like there was no yeah, they were they were arguing about was the one where they argued about conflict. Yeah, they always talk about conflict, which is like I mean, who cares? It's, it's not gonna be the same for these. Rob people. was like, I love you need conflict to grow, and I think uh, what's his name, Glenn Howerton was like, do you though? <laughs> do you have to have conflict? Do you have to like have confrontation? Yeah. Yeah, it's something. It's like, no, people don't know how to navigate conflict. They don't have conflict every day. It's like, gross if you believe it or not. He's like, a, who cares what he thinks? Like, it doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. It became, at a certain point, that subreddit became very focused on the podcast, yes. which I actually don't listen to or really. I think I don't care to, honestly. Because if that thing, if everyone's reaction is telling me one thing, it's like, I did, maybe I don't need to listen to them and their opinions because that probably would make me like the less. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of it of like, even though they're on the, I guess the lower end of like Hollywood celebrity types, they're they're still Hollywood more so than us, right? Yeah, and there probably is a level of disconnect there. I mean, Rob like, Meckon yeah. bought a football team with Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool star. That's just it, right? I'm like, yeah, that's probably all true. I probably don't need to listen to a podcast that'll make me like them less because yeah. I, I don't know, I like the show and I like their work, and I probably don't, I, I really don't know if I care about their opinions either way. Like, I don't know if I'd get a lot of value. I know you've listened to it, right? I've listened to some of it, but. A lot of times they just don't talk about the episode. That's the other thing. That that's what I mean. I don't yeah. want to l- listen to a show where it's just their opinions on whatever nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like they're and sometimes they like bring on certain guests and they don't talk about an episode at all. It's like well, I don't super care about Rob Einhorn who directed all of season five. Like I don't I don't really care about that. I just want to hear you guys who created the show talk about the episodes because sometimes there isn't that much to say about an episode. They're like, yeah, it was fun. I don't remember that much because it was season five and it was from two thousand and nine and it's been over ten years. It's like, yeah, it's fair, man. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. As much as I like this show, I've decided I'm probably not going to ever listen to the podcast really for, for all those reasons. So then, yeah, when the pod, when the subreddit became so focused on that, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, Most of the posts I was seeing was like, can you believe they said this or that? Or And it's like, I'm not. I can't. I don't care. I can't. I can't care either way. And they made a separate po- uh, subreddit for talking about the podcast, but Dude. no one really wants to. They all just want to do it on the main one. So yeah. We're up books there. Mm-hmm. More red gold or whatever. Whatever. Uh, uh yeah, that's about it. So we had our three hours. So you probably wrap it up right about here. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I could take out of that. Uh, as always, uh, thanks so much for listening. You can find us wherever you find listen to your podcasts, or if you want to contact us uh, with any comments, questions, concerns, or suggestions for the show, uh, you can do that on Twitter at Akatech Jazz. For as long as Twitter continues to exist, that's <laughs> J A Z on Gmail at Akatech Jazz at Gmail dot com or on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast. Our logo is done by Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. Our intro was done by friend of the show, Celery Salt. 
You can find him on Instagram and SoundCloud and Spotify for all musical releases that he does. Uh, and as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. And it's been 75 days since the writer's strike started.